A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poor Hitter, coming at you with a specialty relief pitcher insight um, podcast looking at the trade deadline and beyond for the rest of the season. We're going to be talking to the fellas from Reliever Recon, Mr. Greg Jewett, Nate Markham, and the bullpen guru himself. Um, Sands, two of the members, um, Aaron Pags and um, Eric Samolski, were not able to attend his podcast, but definitely getting a lot of stuff from the three fellas that were present, and it was pretty good. We ran down some of the teams that will probably be busy during the trade deadline and what we could look forward to with their teams going after um, the trade deadline and who might be in line for saves, who might be in line for some vulture wins and good relievers out of the pen. Um, So look at that landscape and We'll also just talk about um, their general strategy this season at draft time and um, how Reliever Recon started. Again, it's an awesome tool. If anyone's not familiar with Reliever Recon, it's five bucks a month on Patreon and it's just a wealth of information. It's your one-stop shop for anything Reliever info. Um, there's a ton of good, um, you know, People who specialize in bullpen usage, uh, you know, Baseball HQ, Doug Dennis, and does a great job there. Ryan Roof does an awesome job with Rotowire. Um, <clears throat> if you guys, you know, or don't want to uh, or don't have a prescription to those websites, um, this is a good option here for you to get your information from. Um, and the guys are really accountable and they're really into their work and they do a phenomenal job. They have a Discord that they answer questions and um, just really, really super tool. Um, so support um, good work. And that's uh, what we do here in the Pull Hitter Podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this pod. All right, folks, mm-hmm. welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Uh this is Rob D, the Deadpool Hitter. I'm here tonight with some special guests. We are going to be hitting the bullpen and everything you need to know about what you need to do to shore up your either uh, save strategy or save plus hold. And who else better than the men of Reliever Recon? What's up, guys? Thanks for joining me tonight. What's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Yeah, so um, good to have you guys on. I know we've been trying to get this uh, going and happening, um, and we're minus two of uh, two of your reliever recon members. Um, but why don't you guys, uh, you know, get into uh, talk to me about how you got into this venture, how you got into fantasy content, and how you got focused on new relievers. Uh, we have 
Mr. Greg Jewett here. Um, we have Mr. <laughs> Nate Markham. And we got the bullpen guru here too. Rocking fresh Met bobbleheads in the background. I see a reliever recon in the background. There's a lot happening over here um, in this podcast right now. So, um, you know, if anyone wants to lead it off and, and tell me about how you guys got together and formed this amazing um, tool that it's just been, it's been so good. I love just uh, seeing you guys' passion for just getting content out and like really perfecting you know, what you're trying to do. It's just like a bevy of information. It's always on point. Um, and you guys are really, really accountable, which I think is really cool. Like everything's out there. You guys are showing, showing your work, showing, you know, just that behind it. And um, the genuineness of like uh, when you guys are uh, maybe make a wrong choice or something like that, you guys really take it to heart. And I think that's, that's um <laughs> that's something I appreciate a lot because it's uh it's frustrating to make bad choices, but I see the I see how much you guys, you know, like are 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 trying to make every choice for us, you know, in the best fashion. So I just wanted to say that I appreciate that and I appreciate everything you guys do because um probably be the single best resource I've had all year. You know, it's a pain. Bullpens are a pain. So why don't you guys tell me how you guys got to this path? All right. Well, I'll go first since they always make fun of me for being the old guy on the, of the group here. So um, this goes back quite a while. I got rooked into a fantasy baseball league, which I always equated to like Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was for dorks and nerds and this, that, and the other. Um, I was, uh, I was teaching at, at my, uh, where I'm still employed. Um, and my, one of my former students is, uh, well, not, I didn't teach him, but Nando Defino attended high school where I now teach now back then, um, he was friends with girls. I coached in volleyball and, and everything else. So, um, I was teaching his, his, uh, his sister and his mom one day left the book fantasy land in my mailbox at school. And so, um, I was in this league. I, you know, I kind of got into it. So I, I read the book and I was like, you know what, maybe I could write about fantasy baseball. So why not? So I used to like writing in college. So um, I, I emailed Nando after talking to his mom. Um, he put me in touch with uh, some young guys in New York city. Uh, it was Roto analysis. It was uh, through, you know, they were, I think they might still been in high school for Christ's sakes, or at least were in college when I started working with them. Um, so I just started putting out all kinds of content, got into it. And then um, one of the guys I was working with at Roto Analysis, um, who I'm still in his uh, Yahoo head to head league, uh, Tim King, he was like, Hey, this place called FanRag wants to, wants to pay us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, they're going to pay us like this amount per article. So I was like, Oh, so uh, I worked at FanRag for a little bit. I don't know if you remember. It was like uh, one of those flash in the pan things. At one point, I was, uh, I mean, John Heyman was hired by them. So at one point, I was technically working with John Heyman, but I never really talked to him. Um, and then after that, I, I when FanRag went under, like a lot of those ventures do, I, I was kind of at a crossroads. I reached out to uh, Howard Bender at Fantasy Alarm and um, Paul Spore and... Um, fantasy alarm took me on 
And Spore let me do bullpen reports uh, at that time with Al Melchior, which kind of that just it took all of those. So my, my I'm I'm one degree from Nando, but that's what set me on this path. Uh, and even before that, I started getting into relievers because in my league they were always overpriced in our auction. So I was always hunting for saves, kind of set the tone. And um, uh, another place I wrote for for free for a little bit, they had me specialize on the bullpens, and that just kind of I always joke bullpens chose me, I didn't choose them. <laughs> and then, and then uh, when I decided I wanted to try and do my own thing, <clears throat> I had been on Nate and Aaron's show a bunch. Uh, Dom, all or excuse me, the the bullpen guru always used to uh, retweet my closer charts and, and um, you know interact. So and I I knew what he did on a day to day basis targeting the uh, the fruits, which he'll explain in a little bit. Um, and, and I always love being on the show with Nate and Aaron and um, you know Eric Samolsky's work speaks for himself with all the awards he won in the off season, especially when he can put his time into video. So I, I wanted to assemble people with the passion for bullpens and uh, bring it out to the world. So uh, thank you for the kind words. <clears throat> and, and yes, I do. When I, when I say, I think it's going to be somebody and it's somebody else, I get angry at myself. And I like a meltdown yesterday afternoon yes. watching the Taylor <laughs> Rogers save thing. I mean, my poor dog was upset. I mean, literally upset that I was like swearing at the TV because I was losing points in tell, which is just ridiculous. I was acting like a petulant five-year-old, not as bad as Carlos Rodon, but I was acting, I was acting poorly. And that was, it was stupid. It's, it's just a game. It's just a game. You're totally right. I have four dogs and I, I, without even knowing what I'm doing myself or the attitude I'm carrying, I could see in my dogs, like they make me realize I'm like, okay, what am I mad at? You know, this, this, <laughs> this, uh, you know, non-earned run that, it should have been an earned run, you know. I think it was like the Evaldi uh, pop up, you know. And I was like, oh. "Come on, Mike, you can't put that on him." But yeah, such a good point. The dog will let you know instantly, um, you know, how you feel about that for sure. Um, it's ironic because I got my dog, who's uh, eleven now, on Game Six in 2011 of the World Series, the infamous David Freeze home run, triple then home run and to win. And being in St. Louis, we uh, she was about a month old, and I just got her that morning, brought her home. Uh, some of my best friends got engaged, so they came over to celebrate that night and watch the game. A few other people came over, so we have about 12 people in the house. And as you can imagine, in game six of the World Series, something that is climactic and chaotic is that it was the loudest you could possibly ever imagine this poor one month old puppy going through. So now she just is used to it. She's, she's pretty much just like, yeah, yeah, I, exactly. That wasn't inside the park home run that went off jo Josh Lowe's face. That should have been a, uh, you know, a single with maybe a three base air, but you know, I'm not the official game score. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's, 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 it could be bad. It could be really bad, but, um, but Nate, I want to ask you too about your path to um, this, you know, fantasy content land, but before I don't want to forget this, but um, another thing, Greg, about the, the recon that I love was um, when I joined up and you sent out, uh, you know, like a written, you know, <laughs> card and my wife saw it and she's like oh who who's that you know and I, I was telling her and she's like she's like 
he's got class, you know, she's like, she's like, <laughs> this, this guy, this guy is solid. I'm like, Oh yeah, he is. I'm like, this is, this is a world-class move right here. So that was a, that was a really nice touch. I just wanted to let you know that even my wife was like, Oh, that's, that, that's good. That's primo. She's like doing better than you are. I'm like, yep, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, no, no, thank you. Well, yeah, well, it, it was easy at the beginning. And then once things started piling up that, that went by the wayside. <laughs> I got, I got a rare, I got a rare, uh, rare, um, card right there. I'm going to throw it on eBay when you become like, you know, the, when I'm the, actually uh, on air with Heyman. Yeah. W- w- yeah. When you're, when you're like the Yankee bullpen coach, um, I'm, I'm going to throw it on eBay and, uh, <laughs> like I got this guy's card. He wrote me a personal card for joining the recon. <laughs> $7. Seven. <laughs> That's six ninety nine too much. Exactly. Right now. Buy it an hour or seven. I'll let it go to bed for more than that. <laughs> but go ahead, Nate. Tell me how you st- uh, got, you know, found this recon and 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 how you started uh, in this fantasy world. Man, you know, and that's it's crazy. It's like I've been playing fantasy baseball for and football and I think for 27, 28 years now. And so it was it started. We used to have to mail in the changes to uh there was there was cdm sports which is based here in st louis was one of the original ones like the diamond fantasy game and where you would have a salary cap and you would mail it in and i knew some friends that actually worked there now rt sports if you've heard of rt sports they is basically a subsidiary they've now evolved into that and uh been in leagues with some of the guys that started that when i moved here uh charlie wiegert who's and the FSGA Hall of Fame and a few others that have been in our leagues throughout the, this is their, I think the 38th year they've been playing now. I've been in the league for 25 with them. And, uh, and so it's always been just the game. I've never had a passion to write per se. Um, and then it was, it was football. It was actually football. I was competing in the, uh, the Raz Bowl, which is the uh, Razball.com's football competition. And I made it to the finals. I was in the last couple you know, fourth or fifth or whatever place it was. And Aaron Pagliaro was another person who was on there. And I had no clue who Aaron was. I just was a, a, you know, a casual player or a passionate player, casual fan of Twitter, if you want to call it that. And uh, uh, what the hell do we all do? We we all join, but regardless, I digress. And, uh, and he said, Hey, you, uh, who do you write for? And I said, nobody. That's why it says fan next to my name instead of, you know, analyst, or whatever. Probably not as snarky as that, but you get the idea. And he said, hey, he's working for Fantasy and Frames. They are wanting to start um, maybe baseball. Do you play fantasy baseball? And I said, yeah, what do you know? It just so happens I do. So we get going with Fantasy and Frames. We we build up the uh, with the football side, but we have this idea that we want to grow the baseball side. And it was just me and him, and it was daunting. And so after the first year, the second year, it just was two people trying to put out content against these behemoths of competition, if you want to call it that. It's so saturated that it was just useless. It would just get washed away if you tried to put out, here's my first base rankings, here's my second base rankings. Mm-hmm. So the idea of a niche stood out. When we said, what's an area that we hate? Everybody hates trying to figure out the next uh, – <laughs> closer up because if you can thing is is you have the highest turnover of any position in baseball probably in sports realistically i guarantee that it's probably the highest turnover and yet you have the smallest margin of people covering that area so why not take advantage of an you know an efficiency in the market if you will and right. we decided to start the uh you know f- or basically our uh, our own podcast and just do the relief pitching and then 
that's when we started talking with Greg and we started talking with, uh, you know, Doug Dennis and a few of the other guys that we, and I know I'm missing people and I apologize whenever I do it, Mike Carter and a few others, uh, just kind of turned into an idea that manifested from really from Greg. And is just like your wife said, he's got class and he's a person that I would love to be associated with because in such a crazy world that we all are in right now and fantasy sports in general, people are constantly, you know, just, you want to step on someone's shoulders to, to build yourself up. It's one of the things I admire about you, Rob, is you've always been, um, so accepted and, and welcoming to everybody that I don't feel like there's, I never see the bad shit talking about you like behind your back or anything where someone doesn't know. And can you believe this guy? Greg's the same way. So was Guru. So was Eric. So was Aaron. And so it's just, it's easy. And you mentioned we, we accountability. Well, it's hard. It's easy to be accountable when you have four really smart people and we aggregate we, you know, the ATC of relief pitching, <laughs> relief <laughs> recon, if you want to call it that. But that's how we have, you know, pretty consistent, uh, concise information. Right. Exactly. It's just, it's like I always say, I, just don't be a bag of shit. And everyone that's exactly can, right. you guys have a nice little crew where no one is a bag of shit. It's, otherwise, they're out. Boom. <laughs> exactly. What do you think about, you're talking about niche. What do you think if I just like become like a second base specialist? If I just pick a position and and you think I got a shot with that? Or I, I think you should pick a category. Maybe you should be the, the, the run RBI specialist, the just run. RBI guy. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be bad. He runs plus RBI. Runs yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. The run plus the RBI guys. <laughs> oh man, I swear to God, tomorrow morning I'm I'm just gonna wake up and 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 snatch up all the Twitter names that are like the run specialist, the RBI specialist, the home RBI run. Rob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Robbie Ribbies. Wait, didn't like, wasn't last year? Yeah, that's a good did, one, right? Robbie Ribbies. Didn't you mention yeah. something about covering catchers and you were talking about catchers and pitchers combined and you wanted a name for that or something? Was that wasn't that you? I think we had this, we had a crazy, uh, I know when I came on your podcast, we had a crazy discussion. I think we came up with a lot of things. It might've been on that one. Yeah. (laughs) We did not push anything, but either way, sorry, uh, RBI, Rob, Rob Ribby, you uh, you can. Um, And then, so we got the bullpen guru here who kind of came out and at least in my and my uh, absorbance of fantasy content like just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, who is this guy? You know, who is yeah. the bullpen guru? Like, yeah. you know, I had to like, I had to like click on the notif. Like, I had to. I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is some good stuff. And like, especially for you know my head to head leagues um, with you know with safe plus hold, I was like, this guy's got to go on my notifications on Twitter because I need to know this stuff instantly yeah. when it comes out so yeah so tell me how you got started on this yeah yeah so mine will be a lot shorter than than the other guys that are kind of because like you said it's been kind of a short short little run at it but you know i've been playing fantasy baseball for like um since like i, I think 98 my dad showed me uh sandbox.com was the site i started playing on and, and i got hooked and you know like i i love baseball i love 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 baseball um i suck at playing i sucked at playing but i always wanted to be like a general manager i was obsessed with like video games i was always trying to make trades and you know build a team so it kind of just went hand in hand and like i 
just got hooked on fantasy baseball. Um, and I'm in like a really long running, super competitive league um, that has it's stated it's daily lineups, head to head matchups. And uh, so over time, as players have gotten smarter, relievers, streaming relievers have just become like a, you know, a market inefficiency where, you know, you don't have, you have pitcher spots, but you don't have starters going stream relievers to the point that we had to start setting like pickup caps. Um, and long, long story short, just like, you know, as starters have been going less and less, you know, less innings, less pitches per game, you know, the Rays started using an opener. Um, they just became like kind of like cheat codes and uh, mm -hmm. you kind of have to like one up everybody. So um, kind of like, I was always doing this just on my own and I was, I wanted to kind of just see how I was doing. So I kind of, like you said, held myself accountable. I just wanted to keep track of how my streaming was going. Um, and, you know, I'm like a podcast hound. I, I listen, I read as much as I can. And um, to, to the point of finding a niche, I was like, you know, for so many years I heard on podcasts, like, oh, wins are, um, not predictable and you know like oh that this guy is a middle reliever like and, and it's just like overlooked like oh is he a starter or is he just gonna be like a long man in a bullpen but like for some leagues like a long man in a bullpen where you have like a start cap or something like that like a guy that can pitch three or four innings and not cost you a start and maybe get you in is actually really valuable and so like a lot of stuff was just kind of overlooked in areas that like I could utilize so I was like let me just um try to you know make a twitter account and you know i was doing this anyway so let me track it and see if other people like it um because i was doing the work anyway and um you know like i was just like this is an under appreciated or undercovered aspect of the game of baseball and like just look at the game like baseball like relievers are becoming more important than ever so um mm -hmm. it's kind of my way of like bringing to light and trying to help people and say like you know these guys are, are actually pretty important to the game of baseball and in certain leagues, they can be important to, uh, to fantasy. So, you know, Greg caught wind of it, brought up, Hey, do you guys want to, you know, do something next year, which is this year. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in. So, um, and, and to your point, you, you can call me Dom Rob. I mean, the reason I kind of was uh, secretive was I didn't want my league mates because to the point, to my point about it being hyper competitive, I just, I really didn't want my spot getting blown up and like my league mates just using my own information against me. And I think it's like the, the worst kept secret now because a lot of them are recon subscribers. So, so like, I, they, they, I've gotten people giving me subtle hints. Like uh, I went away last week with my family and they were like, Oh, so like this week is great for you. Like it's the first time you don't have to do work. And I was like, <laughs> yeah and yeah so like, so like i think it's like the worst kept secret so you know you can call me my you can call me dom and, and like a lot of guys in nfbc and something like, because i play um you know we'll dm and like they're like well like what's your name and like i tell people so it's not like you right, know right, not right. like so it, it's like the worst kept secret but so so you can call me 
you know, you can call me Dom. So it's, it's funny, good. like in the wow. you know, like during draft season too, and when when you know, because there's a bunch of you know Twitter handles that you know like are, are commenting on an FBC and you know drafts and slow drafts and like we're like you know I'm talking like Zach and Phil and Steve and. And we're all like, I think this guy's this guy, you know. I think this guy's this guy because you want to know, like, you want to know who well, people well, are. Zach, you know? Zach, Zach's probably half of them, right? So <laughs> Zach is definitely <laughs> half of them, at least, <laughs> at least. Uh, <laughs> even even though, like, I don't know. I it's sometimes I'm like, I wonder, like, who you know is this somebody else? You know, it's just. Uh, but you know, one one um. One thing that you mentioned, you know, about like the relievers, you know, having more value in the game because how much the game changed, you know, and how little like uh, how less um, deeper into games the starters are going. And that's why I hate when people say, let's remove wins from Roto, you know, because I don't think it's it's the right thing to do. Like you're taking so much value out of so many pitchers, you know, like the relief pitchers now become so much less valuable, but they shouldn't be, you know, like they shouldn't, they are very valuable to the game and, um, you know, trying to, you know, now, like you're saying, like, you know, trying to get really deep into the first guys that are coming out, like you termed Froops, the first uh, reliever out of the bullpen, um, and it's funny because in my home league, you know, like they have the, we have the RPSP slot, you know? So it used to be like my level of analysis was just like, if, you know, there would be guys in my league that always like to um, pick up a reliever who qualified as a starter, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and go that route, you know, and vice versa, you know, if there was um a guy who was a starter last year and now he's getting, you know, hold and it's, it's, you know, it's good to, but that was like the max of my strategy was just like plucking anyone who had multi eligibility instead of like doing any real analysis like you do, yeah. you know, like it was just like, Oh, this guy qualifies here. I'll pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and to, to your point about like the proof, like I kind of, I kind of like, I guess backed into it where it was just, like I was always looking at usage, like um, there used to be a website that was like daily baseball data or something like that. And one of the things they had, they got, this was the first year they didn't have it. So I had, yeah, to, have John, I had to have oh John Anderson like, build, basically build me something like, which is so helpful. Um, he's amazing. Um, but uh, it was like a bullpen usage chart that I could leverage. It was basically the same thing that I used to look at, but I kind of just started noticing tendencies like, the thing I, I noticed was Brent Suter would always get used in games that Adrian Hauser started last year. He would always come in right after Hauser and Hauser was always like a four to five inning pitcher. So like, and the Brewers were good. So it was like, okay, Hauser's not going to qualify for the win and Suter's always coming in right after him and the Brewers are winning a lot of the game. So it was like, I'm just going to use Suter every time Hauser starts. And like, then I started noticing other teams doing that too. Like San Diego had a bunch of, San Diego was good last year. They had a bunch of pitchers that didn't go deep in the game. Snell, Paddock, you know, and they would always use Salmon or like Tim Hill behind them. And like, so the thing I noticed last year was like every team that didn't have starters that would go deep had a lefty starter, a lefty reliever and a righty middle reliever. And like those guys would always come in behind starters that would go short. So like the Yankees last year had like, 
the Wiseaga for a while. Um, the Cardinals would go with Helsley and Genesis Cabrera. The Padres, Stamina and Hill. And, like, the Brewers would go with Suter and, like, either Jake Cousins or, or Brad Boxberger. And these guys were just – I would always target them. And uh, so that's kind of how I, like, developed this whole fruit thing. And it which is interesting because this year I don't have that reliability. Like, a lot of the managers, mm-hmm. like, Schilt, Jace Tingler, like, a lot of those guys turned over. And so I, I think, like, the way those teams are being managed bullpen-wise are, are a little different. Um, but what it has helped me identify, which is a weird kind of thing that has evolved, was, like, it's actually helped me – um, identify like a lot better starting pitchers that ultimately happen. Like Spencer Strider, um, I got like week one of Fab for like nine bucks. I could just because he was like coming in on a good team behind like starters that were going short. Um, right. Keegan, Keegan Thompson has kind mm-hmm. of developed into like a really good pitcher now. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Like Adrian Sampson is another guy in the Cubs, just like right. multiple yeah. inning pitchers that are like useful. Um, so, like, while using fruits to, like, stream wins really hasn't been as fruitful this year as it was last year, um, it has helped me identify guys that um, might ultimately move into, like, a starting rotation and be a useful pitcher. So, uh, you know, this is that last year was the first year I kind of really, like, looked into it um, as deeply as I did. But it has kind of this year been helpful in, in other ways for fantasy. So, you know how it's helped me? Honestly, it's helped me with the offensive teams that will pivot off of the guys that come in, you know. So, like, if they're if Genesis Humbrera is probably going to come in for, like, you know, you and they're playing SF, for example, you know that yeah. maybe, you know, Jock Peterson might start, but then he might come out, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's actually, I think it, it's helped me, like, understand that better too and like know to like realize those matchups i may not be getting a full slate of at bats from a player yeah yeah totally i mean that's how the games evolve too like you know like i think about that where i'm like all right if this guy's going up against a team that platoons like heavy like you know that starter might come out the second time through the order and like do they have a fresh lefty in the pen or or not like there's certain teams that have like one lefty and like if they've thrown back-to-back days you're like this bullpen only has righties so like if you had a lefty hitter like you know stream them in df or you know use them for dfs or or you know you know place a bet for him to hit a home run in in whatever DraftKings or something and like since, that and since you won't do this i know that anybody listening that doesn't subscribe that wants to know the validity and utility of that uh snapshot I play in my so our uh, our rasball rider leagues and commenter leagues are, are daily moves it's the only league that i play in where you can actually make same day pickups it's rare we all know that but if you play in one of them and you don't and it's for any significant like pride or money this is what so far has been brought as far as 2022 streaming stats of the 518 picks that he's made on the season 308 appearances have been done this is another thing that he does extremely that to me accountability hey if i suck i suck if I'm going to hit it, I'm going to hit it. 59% hit rate. Let's say you just leave this. I might use this next year. I'm, I'm telling my, all my series. I might leave two just random ghost spots open and stream it, uh, hopefully about a 60% hit rate. He's, cl- he's put up, gotten 533 innings, 
a hundred and no, I'm sorry, 528 strikeouts. So roughly a K per nine, nine Ks, you get the idea. 36 wins, seven saves, a three, four, eight ERA and a one, two, one whip. If that's your two streaming last two spots on your uh, rotation, you have as big a lead over everybody else just by clicking a button once a day and just going in and making the, and rotating the people out. Eventually they'll get sniped and someone will pick those players up and keep them forever. There's some consistency and turnover, but that's incredible. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pat you too hard on the back, but I mean, that's, that's an excellent success rate. No, it's, it's bananas. And then one of my coworkers, he joined the site, you know, just because he, he enjoys my work and whatever. And then he's like, he ended up hitting the lottery. He did great in his auction with closers. He's like, but he's also in a daily move league. So he uses our site for Dom's work. He's like, he goes, you know, I don't, I have Clause I think he has Clause hater and one other closers. He's like, I don't need closers in my league, but he goes, I, I use whenever I need a win in a matchup, I save my pickups for the weekend. And he uses his stuff to, to maximize those. And I, I think he's only lost one, one or two in his league this year. Yeah, I think, I think the nicest compliment I've got besides Nate there was like one guy, um, he either he either DM me or tweeted at me, and he's like, "You ruined our fantasy league because <laughs> um, because it, it's a starts cap for the season, like you're capped at a certain number, whatever it is, like 200 starts or whatever." And like he's like, everyone just started picking up because it was a daily move, so he's like, everyone just started picking up everybody that you put on your list for streaming relievers because they're like you know we're capped for starts and everyone's just picking up the guys that i'm recommending and trying to like grab wins grab strikeouts because like they're capped at how many starts they can have so like certain guys just blew through their cap and are just streaming my got the recommendations now other guys are like so it's it's kind of funny um that's great yeah i mean yeah it's like you got to find you know but like a lot, like a lot of leagues have daily moves. Like they want to operate like a real, you know, baseball team where you can move guys around. So, I mean, I'm in one of those leagues, so I, I like doing that. So it's cool. Right. I'm in a daily league. It's not as deep. Um, It's 12 teams, but it's, it's, we don't have to, I don't know. It, it's on band tracks. I forget how many, maybe two starters, two relievers, two pitchers. You know, it's only six total in a day, so it's, I never really uh, – I don't maximize it enough because it's also four moves a week, you know? Mm, yeah. I don't like the start yeah. cap. I mean, why play in a league with a start cap? Just, 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 just let it be. Let it roll. But I can see yeah. how that's born from – yeah, I mean, there's teams like I, I've been in that where you don't have a start cap on a weekly basis, like it's head to head, and like you know, you're just it, it, it devalues the actual starting pitcher so much because you right. can just you can just screw your ratios and just try to you know win strikeouts and wins. So you kind of I feel like that never it, works. It's, though. it's hard to find. Like ultimately to like really win win, I feel like I'd rather just trust balance and 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 win every like try like I, I'm so bad at that. I think in category leagues like punting, you know, I just want to I I want to win 9-1. Yeah. Like, I want to have a chance at everything, not just rely on you know six six spots. I don't know. It's just the yeah. way I, I guess my head works. It's like 
I never really feel comfortable when I'm like punting something, you know, like, and I think, you know, even been more careful with even double starts these, these days, you know, like, uh, just been more hesitant to like always throw the two start guy. Um, especially now as, uh, but, um, I wanted to know, like, do you, do you guys like use your, um, you know, knowledge of the relievers to like, um, you know, maybe have a strategy where you trust what you can get later in the drafts? Or did you guys like, you know, go for closers early? Like what kind because I know like some people maybe feel like they're, they're strong in like starting pitching and they can identify that late. So they're not afraid to, you know, not pick a pitcher until like round six or seven and pound the offense. Like, how do you guys use your knowledge of the relievers in into how you draft? I uh, I know the one thing that collectively I think we all kind of agreed on as far as uh, an approach was the hammer the one solid closer and then deep. I feel like we had a good enough grasp individually, but then collectively to identify a few of those guys late that we think are going to have you know, enough of the role or at least a little bit more of a leash. I know that that was a lot of your success, Rob, is identifying the second person up and who's the best, you know, which Rocky situation. And and we found out, I think, through just collective rankings and everything, that there was about 20 of those teams, unfortunately. And that's too many dart throws to have to throw out. And so if you you got that one, and, and I got lucky, I'll admit, you know, I mean, granted it's long season still, but hitting Kimbrell and we were pretty big on Taylor Rogers and that was just a consensus. We saw where the market was at and it started to correct a little bit, but that identified. So I think it was the hammer, the one early, whatever top five, in my opinion, and then sporadic throughout um, just so we could avoid the, everything that we talk about every day. We don't have to fab it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I went wrong this year in the second the second guy I drafted, I, I got, I wanted the anchor, you know, I wanted to save anchor and then wait in fab leagues and DC leagues. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hesitant about getting a second closer early. Um, but I think in the fab leagues where um, I did like hater and then Trevino, you know, I, I, I didn't want to go up to that next spot for, I thought Barlow, Scott Barlow was too high. Um, even Joe Barlow was, you know, a lot higher at that point. Um and I didn't want to go to that level and maybe I should have, you know, um, I think that's where I, I went wrong in fab leagues at least was, was getting the wrong second guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I think, I think for me, it was like Nate said, I mean, I think it was a collective, like we all kind of had these brainstorming sessions in terms of like, like early in draft season, we were just all kind of talking like about free agents and where trades thing. and, And like, with that, like, I was like, oh, Corey Knabel is going to be a closer. He's going to sign with, like, Boston or Philly or something like that. So I'm like, I'm going to hop in D.C.s and, and draft Corey Knabel around 30, like, right now. And, and that's what I did early on. But but the whole the, – the one thing that held true was, like, drafting a, an anchor, like, closer, and then go hitting that middle tier. So, like, I know in my main – the one thing that's gone well in my main was I went class A round three, and then I think, like, Seawald, like – 13 and then like Robertson round like 20 or 21 and 
I have made like very minimal fab pickups on spec closers. And it was like Sir Anthony Dominguez early on for like a dollar. And like right now I just picked up Felix, Felix Bautista in case one Robertson gets traded and if he somehow claims the role, but like I'm already leading my league in saves. And so I think that one anchor closer was, was huge. And I think that was like Nate said, we identified like 10 teams that we felt really good about their closer and every, all the other 20, we were like, it's messy. So Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes sense. It was all thanks to Rob. I mean, Greg, Greg kills it. Like it, all, all the guys he talked about in February and March, like Jorge Lopez. He was like talking about Jorge Lopez. I'm like, I don't see Jorge Lopez, man. I was like, I saw him. I was watching him start games and he was struggling to throw like 89 miles an hour. It looked like his shoulder was going to fall off. So I didn't buy. But like he, he talked to me about Robertson. He talked to me about Bard. He talked like and he was like hundred percent spot on. So like, you know, having like just being a part of reliever recon, you know, like just helped me so much on saves that, um, and, and Greg absolutely crushed it like in draft season. No, no, but thank you. Yeah. I, I, I went with the anchor approach as well. Um, the only time I didn't do it was the TGFBI, uh, that room really jumped the shark. I mean, I ended up getting Ram, uh, Jordan Romano as my, as my uh, closer one in that league, um, I made the mistake of uh, I took Trinan as my second closer and that just obviously imploded. So um, it's been a scramble since then, but I was able to pick up Helsley, but I'm hoping the second half Helsley gets a, a surge and save chances. You know um, it's not guaranteed, but I, I think with their very favorable schedule um, that they you know, hopefully they'll go on a little bit of a run here and he'll just have one of those. There was that stretch at the beginning of September where Gallegos was getting a save, like it felt like every day. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Helsley has one of those in the tank, but um, maybe I they'll trade the for Soto and, and guys. And, and uh, yeah, but um, you know, the, the key to it is, is just read. I mean, I, I just, I constantly read and watch and read and watch and, and mm-hmm. just try and react. And, you know, and, and that's why when you're talking about the accountability, I mean, it just felt like like when Presley got hurt, it was going to be Hector Neris just on things. But I, I I didn't pay close enough attention to the words from Baker, and and he he kind of kept Neris in the HLR kind of a situation, and he gave the saves to Montero, um, and, and that's and after that, I kind of used that as a template. So. You know, the, the hardest thing is whenever there's a turnover and it's going to happen, I already warned Katie. I'm like, the trade trade deadlines this this Tuesday. I'm like, it's going to be an absolute shit show. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be frazzled by the end of Tuesday. But everybody wants like an absolute answer. And, and you you can't give that. You know, I, I can't you can't rely on beat writers to tell you who the closer is going to be. But. You know, I try and use the the GMLI and the WPA and the situations where guys are entering games and do my best. But, you know, I know people want the absolute answer. And, you know, there's going to be messy situations on Tuesday at 6.01 p.m. Um, And it's just we're just going to have to do our best to sort through all those there's going to be one, there's going to be one closer or something that happens. That's going to blow us all out of the water. And we just know one of those is just waiting there. Uh, it's just a matter of what's going to happen, you know? And, and I think it's very savvy. If you have Jorge Lopez, you better, you better get 
Bautista on your roster this week, just in case it doesn't mean Lopez is going to get traded, but at the same token, you're, you're, you're covering your, you know, if you already, if you have the 50 and one about to hit, you bet on the other side, just to make sure you cover your action, you know, just cover your ass. It's, it's, you know, this market's going to be very weird. I feel like it's going to be a late flurry. I think everyone's still kind of positioning themselves and until somebody gets traded and the reliever market gets kind of set, I think everyone's just kind of waiting and posturing. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it's going to be like that as well. I, f- I feel like maybe a lot of teams don't really know what they really want to do yet. Mm-hmm. And are just re- waiting for other teams to make moves. Um, but, you know, I wanted to make a quick mention. I thought Norris was going to be the guy too. I mean, I don't think we really knew Rafael Montero was just going to blossom, you know, and really become the year where he, you know, was, I don't know, a kind of pitching prospect that he was, as, you know, mm-hmm. he's just been really good. I don't, I don't really, you know, that's a hard one to really say like, Oh, we didn't think like he was going to be maybe the next guy <laughs> up, you know, but um, I wanted to ask you guys um, about the discord. Like, I always want to know, like, do you guys feel like pressure like, and, and like, sometimes I read some of the questions and I'm just like, oh, it's like, they gave you, like, you give all the information, right? You boom, boom, boom. Like, you're just laying out, you're, you're just hammering out. And sometimes I just want to, like, type in, make a fucking decision for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the, you know, like, sometimes I just feel like in my head, I'm like, they just gave you so many things to just make a, 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 a like okay well i can make a decision <laughs> sometimes yeah. i'm just sitting there like come on make a decision there, yeah. there's been so many times i wanted us to collectively just go all right greg you say givens i'll say stevenson <laughs> and you say uh you know uh so and so and then we'll just leave it at that and then they have to make their own decision no tiebreaker <laughs> well, at yeah. least it's on the discord and not on twitter right oh yeah that's and, true and it that. sounds this sounds snobby but i've really tried to limit because if i'm gonna have people subscribing to my site if i'm out on twitter just answering every question that's tossed up on there then why would you want to spend money to read all of our great work so good point you know, it's, and it's, and it's hard because I always be like, oh, why won't analysts just answer those things? And now I'm like, well, yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's not fair. Are. It's not fair to my community. If I'm out here just going, oh, here, here's this answer. Here's that answer. And, right. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. So I, I've DM'd yeah. a couple of people when they ask me things, I'm like, you know, Hey, I, I, I'm sorry, but, um, so the discord it's okay and yes i know some people just want us and and and, you know it's it's just the nature of the beast and you you take it what it is but you know sometimes i wait like here's my login here's my password can you just stream my guys for me (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) although sometimes the snarkiest i'll get is i'll be like you you know i had it in the closer report this morning yeah yeah yeah, yes 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 you know it's like you know i i spend hours doing these things yeah it's 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 it was it's right there yeah that's what i'm saying like you just got an e i i just got an email and i just read a you know a 17 minute article because i'm like constantly reading things over i'm like i don't need anything more than this you know no way. Yeah. and i'm just like I, I, I don't, 
I don't even want to bother you guys for extra things because I feel like you, there's just so many things there already that, you know, like I said, to make informed decisions for yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, what I try to do is like, and that's what I do with like my daily stuff too, is like, I, like you said, I like show my work. Like I, I, I don't just say like, here are my five streamers for the day. Like I try to like write up my logic behind it. Cause like, if you disagree with it, then like, you know, if you don't think that, Brett Suter's going to pitch today and you think it's going to be like, I don't know, whoever, like Brett, Brad Boxberger, like you can make that decision if you, if you disagree with my thought process. So like right. when people ask me questions, like I, I'll try to respond and I'll say, but like, like, here's why I'm saying that. So like, if you disagree with it, then like choose the other guy, you know, but, but um, you know, I, I'm like baseball obsessed. I love, I love talking baseball. And like, that's why, that's also why like, I made my Twitter account because like it was like a baseball burner for a while and then like COVID hit and like I just couldn't take being on Twitter and just seeing everybody like talking about all this like shit in the world like yes. not like you know just like fighting and right. back yep. so I was just like I'm just gonna use my burner account and I'm literally just gonna only talk about baseball because like that is what <laughs> is my distraction and my passion and like so like I'll put out my daily stuff on my Twitter account and like, it'll be separate from all the other stuff going on in the world. So like, I like talking about baseball. So like when people like reach out to me and talk to me about it, I like try to engage with them and like give my logic and, and, you know, everybody has like a shitty day and, and you try not to be like a snob and, and, you know, cause who, who am I? Like, I'm just a normal guy that like shares the same passion as, as you. So you know, if you want my thought and you value my opinion, like I'll tell you why. And then, you know, maybe in the future, like it'll change the way you think about the game and how you make decisions and stuff like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I chose to make my Twitter account because this is what my like hobby and passion is. So um, I want to share that and not, you know, like you say, not be a bag of shit. So exactly. Cause that's where like a lot of stress in my life comes from. It's just seeing people just like, just, I don't know. People are just not nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter, it's just too much. It's just, just, yeah, just, why, like, just no, stay no, out no, of no, everyone's no. life and just yeah, like yeah. worry about yourself, you know? Yeah. That's why we, it's like, we all, we are all like-minded. We all like baseball and like find, find more things that bring people together than yep. things that make people different. So, 100%. you know, like. That's why it's just like we're all, you know, us, us, like us, Nate, Aaron, Greg, like we're just like not gonna bring anything but baseball to to the table. Like we're just we're all guys that share the same hobby and like, you know. So that's that's like that's what I like about it. It's just like we don't bring any outside nonsense and like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just <laughs> stick to stick to what we like, you know. And it's amazing what a profile picture do because the Gagne uh you know it's it makes you like seem like an intimidating guy but uh, you know but now that I see your face I'm like ah he's not intimidating at all <laughs> the Gagne is, is is huge but I wanted to know do you guys do you guys like does does anyone like roll your eyes or that like, give you comments like if you make a suggestion as non-reliever <laughs> I, I wanted to know, like, if you're like, oh, what do you know? Like, you're just a reliever specialist. Do you guys ever get anything like that? I, I, I can't say I've gotten it. I don't know. Go ahead, Greg. 
I was going to say, because don't you remember the one, one subscriber is like, so when are you going to come out with hitter recon and starting somebody wanted us to like branch out immediately. I was like, can we right. just get a, can we get a year under our belts with what we're doing? And then, uh, yeah, then we can always look to expand other things in the future, but yeah, no, it's, uh, no, I, these guys are all, they're knowledgeable about everything. I mean, yes. you know, our, our, our staff DM is, is so beneficial to me. I've, I've picked up guys in tout just based on our conversations. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I have Leo Tavares, I have Ross Stripling and other people because of the conversations we have behind the scenes. And we're always like, all right, where are we looking at for, you know, fab on Sunday? And it's not just relievers. And, and to be quite frank, because of the way most of us drafted, that's what we're not focusing our fab on anyway. So we, we, you know, we try to eliminate from that, from the, from the conversation. So, you know, it's after the trade deadline here, things should calm down a little bit, but you know, it's still going to be a, a sprint to the finish when we're trying to get these teams into it. So, you know, I, I, I will listen to anybody's opinion on all of these things, but you know, there's, we, we definitely know more than just relievers. It's just the specialty. The, uh, the draft season was probably the one that got the most eye rolls or, Oh, here we go. Cause as soon as I, if I took a closer, before round six, it was like, oh, yeah, hit on par. Yep. Just on cue, <laughs> here it comes. And and I'm like, you know, I the, we're not taking them. I'm not taking a closer in the second round because, you know, in like in a, you know, like same like some of the DCs where it's like I took it because I don't want to fall so far behind and I don't have a choice. And we've done this uh, dance and we've we've looked at mocks and we've figured out that return on investment here was the most beneficial and this makes the most sense not because we just want to prove a point like oh look we're on brand we're taking closes early and yeah. Aaron gets called out I don't know every time there's a uh, a blown save by a couple people because they're like see look doesn't make any sense now and he's like dude whatever man you know so it's you, you can't win there's nothing you're ever going to do or say that's ever going to appease everybody and don't try to. Nate, we did a draft, um, a draft champions toward like um, the beginning of the season. Right? Yeah. It was one of my later DCs. And I remember like, you know, just thinking like, all right, let me see where, he, where he's going, you know, with this, <laughs> with reliever wise, because it's just something that you're thinking in your brain. Like, all right, you know, let's see where he goes with this. Let's see what kind of attack he's going to have. And Every time I remember, every time it came up to a spot where I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna take a closer here," and he did it, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Like, what's happening? Who's he going for now?" You know, and like, all, like a lot of my strategy and talk in my head was revolving around when you were gonna, uh, you know, possibly take a closer, and it's so funny how the little um things that go off in your brain when you're drafting with you know people either you know their content or you know what they like to do. Um, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's what's really cool about this also, like listening to podcasts and talking to people and reading articles and drafting with them. It's like, you know, oh, he's going to go pocket aces, you know, mm -hmm. it's like you kind of <laughs> know, like, you, you know, all these things. And um, if your stuff is out there, you have to work around that, you know, it's uh, it can come back to bite you, you know, and, and, like, and Rob is in second, by the way, in that and I'm in fourth and I am trailing pretty far in saves it's the only you don't know anything about saves guy <laughs> I, know, <exactly. laughs> I only got 31 
Yeah, I am I truly. I'm not so listening to this guy anymore. <laughs> exactly. I nah, am struggling in strikeouts. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's I there's listen if if you're an analyst and I'm in your league and the only way that I'm gonna stop reading your stuff is if you just stop competing. That's when I I'm I'm not you know we get players wrong all the time. Simple as that. But when you stop fabbing, when you stop setting lineups, that's when I know like nah. You know, you're out. You're out of the carousel of, of content for me. Because uh, <laughs> if you're not trying to do anything, you know, why should I trust what you're trying to say? You know, I just, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. my one hard line rule. Because like I said, I think we're going to get things right and wrong. But when you stop trying is uh, when you go on my naughty list. Yeah, um, well, and if, you, if you're checking out on your team, like, are you also checking out on your research for, you know, like if, exactly. if you, yes. you know, if you're, if you're researching, uh, you know, and you already have that current knowledge of what's going on, like it only takes a little bit to, you know, put some fab pickups in and, and set your lineup. So it's like, are you also checking out on the content front as well? Mm-hmm. So, Amen. Yeah, I hear you. That's exactly how I feel. All right. Let's get into some bullpen talk here. Talking about, you know, trade deadline that's coming up, rest of season outlooks. I want to just hit some teams and see what you guys feel about maybe some options that those teams have for, you know, getting some saves, getting some who might elevate into high leverage roles or kind of a, any type of fruit role. So I wanted to start off with the Chicago Cubs um, and see what you guys think about, you know, who's going to be leaving. Will it be both Givens and Robertson? Will they pull like a, a Washington National last year and just trade away their, you know, their two um, big save guys right now? And then, you know, who benefits from that? Um, after the fallout. So uh, whoever wants to take this one first. I mean, I, I, I think they've made it air apparent that they, uh, they're willing to trade everybody. And so to answer your first question, do I think it's Robertson Givens or Comet or both? I think it's going to be both unless there's just no return or market for either one of those or for both of them. And I don't think that'll be the case. I think both of them, especially over the last Robertson for the course of the season, Givens over the last, uh, I don't know if it's two weeks, the really three weeks wise that he's been uh, solid. I, I think that the value's up enough. And, and the, like Greg said, the relief pitching market is just super wonky right now. There's so many teams that are having issues that could use a stable arm. Mm-hmm. Robertson probably more than Givens, but I think they're both gone. And I mean, I don't know if I really want anybody necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong. In our DC, I probably need, or, uh, well, I don't, I can't make moves. So, but assuming I could, Scott E. Frost for a dollar would be somebody that given the situation for when they need this stage, that's who I would envision would get the most opportunities, but it's the Cubs. I, mean, I just can't envision if they're getting rid of Contreras and Hap and they have no starting pitching and no uh, line to the ninth that I see more than 16 to 20, maybe 12 to 15 saves the rest of the season. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a numbers game. And that's, that's the other stuff. Now on the plus side, the Cubs do have a very favorable remaining schedule. Um, but can they maximize those games? I mean, who's going to be left, who's going to be left setting those games up. Um, I also lean Efrost, but uh, I do remember last year when they traded Kimbrell, it was like, you know, Cody hero or you get a save and then people would pick him up. And then the week after it was Ron wick. And then Adam Morgan had two saves in the second half last year. I mean, so they could go full matchup mode and just maximize games and, and go that route. So one day it might be Frost, 
One day it might be Wick. One day it might be uh, Stephen Brault, for God's sake. So, you know, it's if, yep. if you want one of them, just pick your guy and go with it. I, I agree with Nate that it's probably Efros at least getting the most saved chances. It's just a matter of uh, how they do with it now. You know, he, he will be solid and he's had a nice little run with scoreless outings, but he's not a high strikeout guy, not a big swing and miss guy. So you're relying on contact uh, and contact going to gloves. So just, you know, time for expectations and, and enter with eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah I, I see that with Efrost. He's just like um, not that typical, like, you know, I throw gas and, you know, it's just like, well, he throws like 91, 92, but he just, he's mm-hmm. effective and he gets it done. But um, yeah, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't make to cut you off. Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, you know, Robertson's gone for sure. Like he has, he has too much value, but, but is it possible that Givens doesn't get traded? Like mm-hmm. contending teams don't it's, want him. And it's if he's possible. Still there, yeah. And if he's still there, I think he's going to be the one that gets the saves because Efros and Roan Wick are all ARB eligible and Givens is a free agent at the end of the year. So keeping them out of the save mix keeps their ARB money down. So mm-hmm. um, that's something to consider as well. So like if Givens doesn't get traded, which I would say maybe is like, 25% chance like I think he would be the one that just gets the saves the rest of the way but if not mm-hmm. I think it might be a little bit of a mix and match situation right right I know a lot of people uh scooped up like Rowan Wick this you know past couple of weeks in the main event um Efrost is a little bit like lesser um hung on to but um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what unfolds there um I kind of think that there is a good chance that Gibbons maybe doesn't get moved, but Robinson probably, you know, he's a lock. He definitely seems like a lock. Um, well, especially when they, the team told him he wasn't pitching the other day. Yeah. Right. He was like, That's- he was like, I'm ready to go. And they're like, well, you're not pitching. So <laughs> they, whoever they're, whoever they're negotiating with wants his workload um, monitored before the deal. Interesting move. What, whatever happened to, um, What's his name? Who was in the mix last year at the end of the year? Um, was it Rodriguez? Was it the, was that the young kid's name? Oh yeah, Ma- Manny Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, Manny Rodriguez. Yeah, he's, he's, is he he's still struggling picture? with? He's still struggling with command. He's got velo, just he doesn't know where the ball's going. Right. You know. Right. They're not saying hit the bull. He's hitting the bull. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to the Miami Marlins. Um, there's a lot going on there. Um, kind of like I, I saw, I, I saw something uh, that you know I was just going through Twitter and I was looking at the Marlins roster resource. I'm like, man, like whatever happened to Cole Salsa? Like, what if he come back? And you know, that's what I dove right like into his 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 injury and what he's you know what his path is to maybe come back, but there's a lot going on there too. And I think that, you know, their team stinks. So they're probably going to want to try to get some value for these, any, you know, type of pitcher that can give away, but uh, what's your prediction for what unfolds in Miami? I think they'll trade bass um, because of the option on his contract will make him alert. It's, and you had in our notes, you know, the question, what I, I, I don't know. Um, I said it on a different podcast. I think some people just have the constitution and that's not anything that we can quantify as analysts to be a closer. Mm. And apparently, you know, Bass for, and scouts were raving about his outing before 
um, he, he blew the save about how good he looked. Uh, yep. There's, there's just something about that ninth inning. I, I don't know if he overthinks it or what it is. He seems like a great person and, and, you know, I, I would happily root for him, but it just looks like he's more comfortable in the seventh or eighth inning. And you just, I, I would think your scouts would tell you that as well. Um, and, and, and find somebody who, who stands by your side, like Don Mattingly does for Tanner Scott. I mean, Tanner Scott tried to blow that game today. If it was anybody but Joey Vado in that left-on-left matchup, they probably would have lost again today. Um, I, I just don't know. I, and I've never been – and you can ask the two guys on the show with me. I've never been the Dylan Floro um, supporter, but he's actually looked very good um, the last few outings. And he's on an eight-game scoreless streak with 11 strikeouts against two walks in his last 7.1 innings. I mean – you know, I think he wore down last year. Again, we've seen there's two different times they've used Tanner Scott three consecutive days. That that wears on you, and you're seeing that effect now. And it's the same sort of thing. At the beginning of the year, they were using Taylor Rogers so heavy in San Diego, and it's catching up with them. Uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, again, there's things that we we can't you know just say you know it's this that or the other. But fatigue is a factor, and. You know, Rodgers and Scott didn't pitch a full season last year, so they're probably going through some sort of a dead arm period and whatever, you know, unless, you know, and and I know people make fun of analytics about giving guys rest and limiting pitches and this, that, and the other, but there's a reason teams do this. You know, it's, you have to manage workloads. Yeah. I, oh man, I, you couldn't have said any, any better. Like it, it really, it really does matter everything, you know, and, you know, I hear, I hear, you know, talk about it a lot in this podcast talking about, you know, what they're measuring, even on their days off, you know, like how much energy they're exerting, like just in bullpens or just in workouts. Like there's so much that goes into what they're tracking about these athletes that we don't really know the half of, you know, we could speculate all we want, but yeah, load management is a thing. And Kawhi Leonard started it. <laughs> Greg, Greg, what one guy I keep like just a gut feel and it could mean nothing, but what do you think about like Eliezer Hernandez? Because like all these guys, like nobody oh, yeah. in He's... the Marlins bullpen kind of pops to me. And like the right before he got put on the COVID list, like he had been right. pitching like less, you know, he once they took him out of the once they brought him back up from the minors. They put him in the bullpen and he pitched like a three inning relief outing, but then they shortened him up to like a one inning outting. And I remember you DMing us in our message and you were like, Eliezer Hernandez looks really, looked really good. And like two pitch guy, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he could, he could maybe add like a a mile per hour or two. And like, he's the guy that they, they like could actually use as a, like as a closer. But yeah, I'm happy you brought him up because you can almost see, the the um you know the Jorge Lopez route where if he goes to one inning and his velocity jumps up and his his stuff plus like that you know likes to reference improves then they, they could have a one inning monster once he adjusts to that role now it'll probably take him a couple more weeks to rebuild back up after this time off for you know the 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 COVID restrictions and whatever but you know, if, if all things break and as Rob intimated, if they decide to sell two or three relievers, which they could in this market, if they decide to, I just feel like the team thinks they're going to compete, but I don't understand. I, I don't know. It seems like a rudderless ship right now. So I, I really don't know how Miami's going to 
move forward, but um, in, in a, in a, in a deep league, I, I think um, Eliezer is a name that you want to monitor because as you, everything you, you said, it was, is tangible. And he, I forget the one, the one outing that I was referencing when I DM'd you guys, I think he had like eight, he had eight whiffs in that outing. I mean, it, he just looked very good. I, I just think it's something he could adapt to quickly if they let him run with it. Yeah, I agree. I I was expecting from Elieso like a little more of a bump in Velo, you know. I guess when he went into the pen, it's early. It, it is, it is, it is. Uh, I guess I guess I was just usually when the guys shift into the pen, they get that like you know three to four mile an hour <laughs> boost, and I was just like, well, let's see what he could do throwing that. But he didn't get there. But it it, it could be an option. I mean, I'm a sucker for the for the uh, you know the failed starter going into closer. I guess what mm-hmm. I was like loved about Graveman and, um, and identifying that, like, you know, just early in that draft season that they were, you know, they might give him a shot. And uh, I guess that's why I'm rooting so hard for Luke Weaver <laughs> to be the closer. <laughs> like he just has that similar uh, pitch profile mm-hmm. to, to Graveman where it would work if they, if they, uh, if they go that route, but yeah. Uh, and to answer your question about Tanner Scott, you know, maybe, maybe he's Madden Lee's buddy that they, you know, they, they constantly talk shit about jazz with, you know, like he, he's probably that guy. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. It's, I he's probably know. that guy in the, in, in the, um, in the dugout that, uh, that, that Madden Lee loves to, uh, you know, go to war with jazz on since they, you know, Madden Lee doesn't like him. Um, but uh, yeah. So interesting situation there with the Marlins and, and we can't uh, say and we can't forget about Bender he's coming back from Bender, rehab soon right, but um right. so know, again there's a lot of ways this thing could go right it, it, it might be one of those situations where you want to see how things settle once all the dust clears but right you know there's right. options there it's just a matter of who's there after all of the stuff happens I was gonna say this one might be better off not trying to figure out this weekend in fab but maybe no, no. like yep. maybe pony up a little more next week once you maybe has a clear picture. You know, I think because that's I think that's what the toss-up is for a lot of you know guys playing um, you know, with the weekend fab is 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 do do I try to speculate early or just wait and pay up a little more when there's a known thing? You know, I guess it all depends to how much money you have available um as well. But um mm-hmm. You mentioned Jorge Lopez, uh, Greg, and so talk about the Orioles. They're playing better than uh, pretty much anyone expected, but the value right now for Lopez. They're three games out of the wild card. It's amazing. It's amazing. Super amazing. (laughs) And you know what, too? That's kind of the team that I really want to see Soto go to. Honestly, I think that they got the they got the resources. I don't know if they want to build like that, but they got the Gunnar Henderson. They, you know, they got the Grayson. If they want to pony up in that type of route, I think that would be a cool park, cool little fan base. They got a nice little core going there. But um, you mentioned Jorge Lopez. His his values is as high as it's ever going to be right now. Um, do you think he's a lock to get traded, or you think he's going to stay put? Uh, I'm, I still, I'm not sold. They're going to trade him. I I don't know. It's like Brandon, you know, before this year, Brandon Hyde has always been confounding to figure out, you know, it's, he would never pick her name or use a closer. Like remember last year, we all wanted, um, you know, Wells to get a shot at closer and he would use them anywhere. But, um, 
So I'm not sure. Now, now the thing is, I watched I watched Felix Bautista today, and he was just straight nasty. I mean, <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the season, I mentioned him, and I was like, you know, there's always been whispers about his command, but the stuff is electric. Well, guess what? Um, he's he's figured some things out. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, long term sustainable, but um, you know. That's him. Here's another one. Last eight outings, 8.2 scoreless innings, no hits. He has not given up a hit. His last 8.2 innings, 14 strikeouts, one walk. That's a 56.3 strikeout percentage. I mean, and and he was doing that against the heart of the order of the Yankees. I mean, he was, he was mowing the Yankees down all weekend. So it's not like this is some sort of a fluky thing. Uh, His nickname is the mountain and he might take that, in fab if if lopez does get traded um that's why i'm saying if you have lopez and you haven't added them yet um please hedge your bets but um they have a clear successor if they decide to trade them i just there's a lot of other factors with lopez's kid and his relationship with the team i don't know if they want to mess with the mojo but we'll have to see what happens yeah i mean his his last 30 i i have up and his the csw is at you know 38 percent um, crazy thing is his call strike percentage is the best in the bullpen, 23%. And it's like, you know, you talk about a guy with maybe some control problems, but he's, he's getting, you know, he's, he's putting the ball in places that, you know, obviously guys are not knowing if it's a swing or not. And he's awesome in the zone, 72 and a half zone contact in the last 30 days. So he's been super, super good. And I, I think it works too. He, he, even if you just have him right now as, as a guy that you might want to throw in instead of, you know, your seventh starter or something like that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's just putting up stats right now for you and won't hurt your team for sure. Well, saying not just that he can match the save total for Efrost the rest of the year, even if he doesn't get the role. Right. Good point. And then you're, right. and then you're getting strikeouts and ratio protection on top of it. So, I mean, you know, when, when you're looking at all these things, there's more than one factor than just, is he getting saves? Is he getting, you know, is he getting good ratios with those saves and, and what's he doing? I mean, again, look at the, he's retired 25 of the last 26 hitters he's faced. I mean, that wow. just wipes out your whip. I mean, that's, wow. you know, I call that a ratio eraser. That's he's, he's just been, he's just been fantastic. What now is this just a hot streak, but you're, you're quoting the last 30 day things. I mean, it's just been growth all season long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would, would you want um, Lopez on the Yanks, Greg? No, no, no. Even though he's a ground ball pitcher, I no. mean, he's, he's, he's Clay Holmes light, but no, I, it's, that's no, I, and I don't think Baltimore would trade him to the Yankees, but no, I don't want him on that. The Yankees have, uh, they have a lot of depth issues in that bullpen and, you know, I won't digress too much and I got to let Nate and Dom talk too, but no. um, I, I keep listening to these broadcasts and they, they keep acting like, the glory days from last year of Loisica and Chapman are just going to happen overnight. I mean, Loisica is coming back from a pretty serious shoulder injury um, and he's feeling his way through this process. And a Roldis Chapman 2022 is not a Roldis Chapman from 2017 kids. Um, it's not the same pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I know his, you know, the place that he pays to help him codify had a, had a rolling graph out on his, ERA, but ERA is not the whole story. You know, his swing strike percentage is down. His contact rate is up. His strike percentage is down. His walk rates are up. I mean, he might get a save or two down the stretch, but I don't, I, I 
all preseason, I said, don't take a role as Chapman. And I still stand by that. I said that I had my bold prediction was Soto was going to have more saves than Chapman. And so far um, yeah, it's true. And, you know, I mean, it still could hold true. Obviously we don't know what Detroit's going to do. We'll get to them eventually, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was looking at your question before, um, Rob, just the, the chart and, you know, you were saying like biggest surprise and biggest disappointment and like um, Chapman is easily the biggest disappointment for me. You know, like I, I was looking at even the guys like, you know, like Taylor Rogers right now, right. He's got like a four to five ERA and that hurts, but he's giving you 28 saves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Kimbrell, has like a one four ERA or one four whip, but like he's giving you, you know, 20 saves. Haters ERA is over four, but he's giving you 20 saves. Chapman's giving you nothing. He's giving you a disaster, disasters ratios and like nine saves. Like he has been the worst closer that people have invested in it, it, this season, at least to me. Like you can, you can pick apart like a lot of people, but yeah, he's easily the worst. He's giving you really nothing. Um, I mean, it's ironic you say that, uh, Don, because when I was thinking of disappointments, I put him – I couldn't put him in as a disappointment because I had zero expectations as far as, like, I was, he was yeah. a full of void. So yeah. it was like, you know, I have him yeah. separate. Like, you know, I'll speak on behalf of Aaron since he's not here. His biggest disappointment is Jake McGee. He really thought Jake McGee would be take that role in San Francisco. And when you stand by your guns, you, you have, you know – when you set the bar for yourself high, you have a good chance to knock yourself in the head with it, unfortunately. And that's what happened when you take a stance. If it paid off, he was going to win a lot of le- – well, he was going to be doing well in saves as a result. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but to finish the thought on Baltimore, like I, I just – I think I said this to you, Greg. Like hopefully they just look at what Seattle did last year. Like, you know, but when they traded Graveman, they mm. just tanked. Like they were running hot. And then they traded yep. them to the Astros in their division while they were playing them. And then like all the mojo is gone. Like the, the mm-hmm. worst thing you can do is have a guy like this. That's like an all-star that's just killing it for a team that had no expectations that is in contention and then like sweep the rug out from under them. And I realized Bautista is a really good backup, you know, option, secondary option. And, and even if Lopez is there, like, maybe Bautista takes the role or maybe they share it. But like, I think the worst thing you can do to your team is say like, you guys are playing well, but we don't have any confidence that it's going to continue. And like, we're going to acquire like Lopez isn't making a lot of money and like, just keep them and go for it. Like the, the point of baseball is to freaking win, not to accumulate prospects. Like yeah. you don't, you're, you're paying your entire team, nothing. And they're, winning like just let them let them win like if anything like add something like this is what i was saying to you go go get pablo lopez yeah mancini mancini like what's the return going to be for trey mancini like why don't you just keep them and try to win like totally get a playoff game and like don't don't like the the, the best thing you could do to the team is like get them like benatendi or something like that like give the team a, a a piece that isn't going to cost you a lot and give them a bigger jolt. Like say like you guys are crushing it, like keep going, you know, like instead of like you guys are crushing it, we're going to get a, a single A lefty starter that's going to blow his arm out in a year and 
you know, who knows if they're ever going to materialize. Like, that's what kind of drives me nuts. Like, you have these great stories, like, feed it. Don't just sell the team. Like, don't sell. I like that. I I, I totally agree. It, especially with Mancini. Like, he's uh, – that profile is not going to fetch much back. And I think you just get more, mm-hmm. you know, out of keeping him around. And go for it. Like you said, go for that run. And I think this is where we'll see if the new playoff rules are – are going to influence teams enough to where, you know, it, it, it changes their approach, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, like we have a better shot at making a playoff. So let's just, let's just go for it. Um, I think it'd be great. And that's what, that's why, like, I, I, well, when I'm thinking about where a good spot for soda might be, it, I mean, if they give up a couple of their prospects for him right now, he could put, he could elevate them right into that playoff race and can you imagine that like what can do for that city and that team just like if they make a run you know and he, he'd just be awesome in that lineup you know and uh so yeah i agree uh, yeah, pablo lopez that's a that's an interesting one greg i like that i like that yeah i you know they're not going to get a top end arm but i i think they have the prospect capital to go get a starter like that because that's a, they need somebody like that at the front line of the rotation to build around take the pressure off of Grayson and the other guys that are coming up to play DL hall and all that. Yep. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, what about the Philly, Philadelphia Phillies? Um, you guys see any path for enable to come back as the closer, or do you think you, they're like what they're doing right now with Sir Anthony in hand? I don't think can from June 15th on, if you look and you're, and you just look at the, the numbers as a lot, you know, as a whole, it it's so misleading. Well, it shouldn't be that misleading because you should look at the K minus walk rate, which is at 7.4. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's been the same story pre June 15th. Yeah. He was getting saves for you. He got 11 of them, but it's 6.3 K minus walk rate, the one five whip and the second half now, or whatever you want to call this, the post emotion time. Um, every, the only reason he doesn't have this hyperinflated ERA and whip is he has a 0.091 Babbitt. So he's been extremely lucky, even on the as shitty as he's been. Sorry, um, he's he's been fortunate. He's been aided sorry by for? good luck. My send off is don't be a bag of shit. It's fine. That's true. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. This I'm, isn't road wire. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is there a path? It's it's Philly. Everything. There's right. always a path. of stupidity. In organizations. No, but, he's not better than Sir Anthony. Come on. He's not. But. Are you saying I'm, that I'm I'm just shocked at how I mean are the Dodgers that much better at analytics that he just fell off? Is it is it injury? I mean, I I, I don't know if he got tired. I, it's just it just makes no sense, but he's not throwing his best pitch anymore, which is what fueled his success with LA. And again, it, this is probably some sort of a fatigue issue. I mean, he only threw, I think, what, 30 innings last year. So right. I mean, I, I think we all knew even Dom, even when he was taking them early, that this was going to be like a rodeo. You, you hang on for as long as you can. And then when the bull kicks you off, you move on. And, you know, I think the bull kicked and, you know, fancy people have moved on to Sir Anthony and whatever else they're going to do. And, and, you know, it, the Phillies will probably add, I, I could see the Phillies being a team that would be interested in Michael Givens because they just need somebody to absorb innings and they can DFA Juris Familia when they do that sort of a move. I mean, that's that they're going to do something like that. I don't see the Phillies making a splash at in the, in the bullpen. <clears throat> what yeah, about I, Andrew Bellotti? 
<laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I think the, I think the other guys covered it, I, and it could get messy. I mean, I have Sir Anthony a bunch of places, but like I'm still a little worried about. I think they're gonna keep mixing and matching with like Hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe Canable gets a few pickup saves. I mean, I, I, Greg and, and Nate and other guys are great kids. Like I, I, I at least for what I do, I look a lot at like usage as opposed to skills, and I kind of leverage their skill analysis. And, and the one thing I look at is like over the last month, um, like Canable's leverage is right behind is like second to Sir Anthony. It's it's him and Alvarado. Um so like is he getting a little is he working in a little more challenging spots? Yeah. Um so maybe that comes comes with it. Yeah but, some saves but, but, but like yeah. But, but like, he pitched today with an A two lead. Okay. So yeah I so yeah I mean yeah, I don't. I don't they I don't they brought that. Sir Anthony in because because Familia gave up five earned runs in the ninth, mm. so he had to come oh in and put gosh. out a flare. Oh. Which is why I'm saying they're going to DFA him soon, so they're they're going to add somebody just to get rid of him. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the Oakland Athletics. Um, uh, Sweet Lou, like I like to call him, probably going to be on the move um, if he goes. Um, do they go back to Jimenez? Is Puck moving into the role? Um, is it Zach Jackson? A lot of options here, too. What do you guys think falls out from here? Yeah, I mean, this is probably by far the one that I think that we collectively are not split on, but I think we're split because I think that there's biases that go into each one. Like, uh, I really think Domingo Acevedo has as good, if not better stuff than, than the others. And, and I would love to see him in that role. A.J. Puck is kind of the, yeah, it'd be the hero story that everybody wants. But I also then look at Jackson, who, you know, leads the league and holds. The team as a whole, by the way, leads, leads the league and holds Oakland, which is crazy to think of. But I think that they it's... Use, they use the same path. Right, but they, you have to have a lead to get a hold. That's the... <laughs> right? I mean, I, I don't think bad, they change the rules Bad teams still get wins. That's true. I don't disagree with that. I because just if think they that, win, it's going to be close, and they yeah. use the same damn guys. Exactly, yeah. which is one of the benefits is just identifying who that next person up is. And I, I, I wish I had an easy answer. I think that they would rather keep Jackson in a high leverage role, personally. And AJ Puck came in, you know, today, of course, but that was back to backs by Trevino, back to back by Zach Jackson. Um, it, it just seemed like. They're going to sprinkle that into TG a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, this this one killed because in the preseason, me and Eric were the puck guys. We were like all over AJ Puck. Mm-hmm. I took him in TG FBI. I had him in another place, and then he pitched like crap at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, well, forget it, you know. And then now he's on a hot streak, and I I just don't know. Um, I like Zach Jackson, but he does sometimes struggle with lefties. So you could see maybe them going to a matchup mode. <clears throat> what worries me about Jimenez is A, the shoulder, and then B, before he got hurt, um, guys were spitting on a slider. I watched one of his save ops against Houston now, and we all know Houston has a checkered past with 
pitch recognition, but they, they were not offering at any of his sliders. They were just standing there. So I don't know if he was tipping his pitches or they just knew the scouting report was he throws them 65, 70% of the time. So I'm just waiting for a fastball, but um, teams were adjusting to what Jimenez was doing, which stinks. Cause I do believe Jimenez was following us on uh, the Insta. Really? Yeah. Interesting. See, we're not, we're not, we're not big time like the pitching ninja, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna forge a path in there one of these days. Yeah, absolutely. Just get on board. You, you, you gotta get on. Um, Kyle Finnegan's dad. He's really uh, talkative on Twitter. I think he just every day um, searches his son's name uh, because mm -hmm. um, he commented on uh, Zach Waxman and Phil. Dussault's podcast that they did the draft champions oh, okay. because yeah. they had his name in there and he listened to it he said he listened to that crazy uh that was oh my god yeah he listened to <laughs> he it listened and to he's Bjorn? like thanks so much he, he was real thankful about the story and he was real happy that you know like that he had this you know story about his son that like helped you know Phil win yeah. a lot of money so <laughs> he was you know yeah. and uh and then, uh, yeah, he commented that his son might get traded and he deleted the comment or something like that real quick after that. Oh, so. boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Said, so, uh, yeah, oopsie. But yeah, yeah, Connor Brogdon's mom joined to read an article, but that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't stay, but she wanted to read what we wrote about Connor. <laughs> oh, and and Joe and Joe Barlow was a recon. We still have not confirmed that. <laughs> if that was the real Joe Barlow, then I can never interview him because he's just going to throw me off a cliff. Yeah, really. There oh, was a son named Joe Barlow, and like, yeah, picture, and like, it was like yeah. a picture of him from like either like college or high school. And we like, yeah, searched where he went to high school, and it was like the same name of the school. So, like, and the email address was like not, something yeah. baseball, and yeah, the IP was Texas. No freaking way. Last <laughs> of the week again. We have not confirmed that, but yes, there was a there was a subscriber, and it was only in the preseason. Yeah, once the season started, he he dropped out. He canceled his sub. It was oh, probably right after my player profile, but you know, I was so. gonna say yeah. And you also have uh, Tobias Finke in the uh, in the in the week. <laughs> <laughs> you know good old arrested development uh every time i see his name i i picture him and i'm like oh man it's just it's just funny what people have yeah. as uh as uh as names um all right let's um let's move over to diving back anything gonna change here is uh melanton staying and um you know who will take over if he if he gets moved yeah i think i think like early in the early in the season we were like oh yeah that contract is gonna be uh, you know, something it's like so cheap that, you know, at the trade deadline, like, a uh, you know, a team that's in competition might give the D-back something for them. And so like, it, you know, but and now I think that contract's kind of like an albatross where like mm -hmm. no team in competition is going to want them and nobody's going to want them for next year. So I think Not like, seven mil. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that I don't think he's moving. So I think he probably just sticks. Yep. You won't go back to the Padres. <laughs> uh, I mean, they could have had him back. I mean, I know, I know. I think, I think he went to Arizona because he knew that was the only place I was going to let him close. Right. I mean, he he had a lot of egg on his face saying he was going to San Diego because he wanted to be on the team that was going to compete, and then Atlanta won. So I mean, 
he's kind of between a rock and a hard place now. Right. Right. He, he, he hasn't been, you know, really bad. Uh, it's just, like you said, the contract might be a situation for, for certain teams for sure. Um, all right. Detroit Tigers. What do we got going on here? Is, uh, is everyone getting moved here as well? Um, I'm kind of rooting. I'm kind of rooting for Jimenez. Uh, I, I want him to, I, I don't know. I have a thing for him, you know, it's just, uh, it never goes away. There's a bias for him and I'm rooting for him. So that's, I'll tell you what that's the, I agree. If, if they move Soto and Fulmer, there is, a, there's good reason for Jimenez to be in the night because his most effective is when he's in a clean inning, when he gets to start off because he went with guys on base his whip is nearly like almost a half a point higher. Um, he needs to get out of the eighth inning. His, I was just digging in a little bit, and his, I mean, he almost has a one and a half whip in the eighth inning exclusively. So get him out of the eighth, get him back in the ninth. He has uh, that slider has a 30% put away this year compared to the last year. So, I mean, everything's improved. I mean, everything is considerably jumped in terms of he just has better grasp of his mechanics, it's just control. Um, ERA seems to be even higher than it probably should be. I mean, he's got a one, two, six FIP and a sub two Sierra. So you're right. Maybe your, your love is not unwarranted for Joe, for Jimenez. It's, it's clear. I just hope that they don't get rid of Soto personally. I I don't know what's in their plans. That's going to be the $10,000 question, I guess. I guess the one thing when I'm reading all of the articles is um, they had at least seven scouts in attendance yesterday and they used Fulmer, Chafin, and Jimenez. So I don't know if that was a complete showcase. Here's our guys wow. or what's going on. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's that was from um, the, I, I subscribed to the Detroit Free Press just to read their extra stuff. So that was straight from their beat writer saying that there were seven scouts in attendance. And those were the three relievers that the Tigers used uh, in that game against San Diego. So um, we'll have to see what happens. It, it could be they decide to hold on to Soto, which I mean, he's under team control till 2025. It's not like they have to trade him. Right. Um, and they can elevate, you know, Lang and other people, depending on how things go. Um, it, it seems like Fulmer and Chafin are basically traded. It's just a matter of what they're going to do with Jimenez. I, I think that's the Jimenez and Soto are the two that we don't know how they're going to handle. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I guess what about a former and, and, and Chafin go is Jimenez a, a good option to pick up for picking up some of those ancillary saves that are so coveted or is it, is he not worth a scoop for that? It'll just depend. It'll depend on that's going to depend on how all the other chips fall. It mm. wouldn't be somebody I'd be rushing to get. Right. I would just have to, it would really, after all, again, we, we keep saying that the dust cells, but after all of this stuff happens and, you know, by about seven o'clock uh, Tuesday night, Eastern time, after all of the last things get announced, we should have a, a lot firmer grip. I'm going to be the, those poor closer charts are going to be moving all over the place. I believe on Tuesday, you're going to have to be adding more colors of the rainbow into your highlighting. <laughs> exactly. well, I'm trying to be eye friendly. So no, yeah, yeah. Too it much. is. No, it is. It is. You got a good color palette going on. I love it. <laughs> it's easy for us to follow too. <laughs> Um, all right. So what do we got with, um, yeah. Cause you know what, that's what I was thinking about Dota too, though. I mean, you gotta think that the Tiger is going to want to try to be competitive next year. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, like you said, you know, team control and, and you feel like they can't get rid of everything. They can't just start from scratch next year with, you know, um, all those guys off the team. So um, I would think that he's probably going to stay, but he, you never know. They could get wowed, you know, because he could be also the guy that gets the most in return. So maybe they just, you know, do, you know, they have to look at that as well, but they've clearly been a disappointment. So who knows what, oh, yeah. uh, what, what they're going to want to do. Um, so when they offered to trade up trick Scooball. It, when they mentioned Scooball's name in trade talks, that's when I just check out of everything that they're talking about, what they're going to do from a team dynamic, because if you're willing to get rid of trick Scooball, and I don't know if it's just posturing, but I, I wash my hands of it. I'm just trying to stay away from chaos like that. Right. Well, and I, Don made a great point in our DM. It's like, why would you let Avila be making these decisions right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? I'm serious. Yeah, I I, so, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I, I yeah, again, we, this, yeah, this, this is a team without a plan. You can't have a five year rebuild and then after like a year and a half be like, oh yeah, th- those young pitchers I took me forever to bring up. Yeah, I'm just gonna sell them off and and tear it down again. Like it's kind of it's kind of crazy that 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 you know I, maybe the point is just like hey everyone but like Riley Green is available even Scooball like I'm willing to talk I'm open for business like but uh I, I they can't they can't let him tear tear it down again like this quick it's it would be nonsensical yep yep good point um so I I speculated on uh Andres Munoz not just even speculating but picked him up three weeks ago just because he was crushing it and he was going to be better than the last starter I put in my team. So kind of saw like uh, Greg, you noted about Sewell shifting, you know, into more of a HLR the last, you know, three appearances. And I was all excited yesterday. I thought Munoz, Mike, here we go, baby. Save time. And here comes. And they used him as the LGLR. They and used they him used, as the LGLR. Yes. And here comes Festa. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, you just can't. That's the, and uh, I know we talked about getting mad. It's something I wasn't mad at. It's just something like, you know, you just shake your head and be like, all right, <laughs> this is impossible. Yeah. Well, and, and like you probably picked them up, right? Like thinking, all right, we're going, we're going to have that short all-star break week. So like having a guy that's just got like eight strikeouts in a week at my disposal is great. And like, I don't think he, I think he has like one strikeout since the all-star break ended in like three three appearances so it's like <laughs> I, you know the one thing i will say about munoz and i've kind of told people this back from draft season was like this is his first year back off tommy john mm-hmm. and they're going to be super super cautious with him and and they have been like if you actually look at his back-to-back it's i think he's only pitched back-to-back like two times all year um well t- tonight was his third and it did not go well okay see like yeah so so um that's the one thing i would say is like you know when when you're looking for a closer you 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 want the guys that are going to be available like say you know saves kind of come in bunches and you know if you have a guy that can't pitch back to back it just limits the possibilities that they have to accumulate them so um I would say that I think they're going to be really cautious and they have no shortage of other options in their bullpen to work into the save mix along with Seawalls, along with Munoz, you know? So um, that, that's my hesitation. It's like, 
if, as long as it's just ratio help and, and stuff like that and anything he gives you save wise is just you know icing on top great but i wouldn't rely on him for anything more than ancillary saves not this season and and here's the thing it's like scott service is almost like lucy with the football and charlie brown it's like okay hey he's gonna put seawald in as the closer between june 23rd and july 13th seawald got eight saves so we were like oh yes and even in our dm we're like okay it's happening uh since that since he saved both ends of the double header uh, it's been Diego Castillo with a save who just landed on the injured list. Matt Festa, Eric Swanson, Matt Festa. Those are the last four saves by the Mariners. So Scott Service is back to the full-on fluid matchup. I don't care who gets the outs in the ninth if we have the biggest outs happening in the eighth. Seawald was clearly matched up with Corey Seager. And then the outing you're referencing, Rob, was the same exact thing. Seager bad in the eighth. Munoz faced him because Seawald was unavailable. So they're back to the matchup game. So just plan accordingly. And if you invest in anybody here, just know that it's probably a safe share, not a primary one. It's interesting. So he pitched tonight, Munoz. So he pitched four out of the last five days. That's pretty. Yeah. They pushed him a little hard and yeah, was, yeah. he was not, he was not sharp. As a matter yeah. of fact, one of the runs scored on a wild pitch. I mean, he, he mm. looked fatigued and same thing we were talking about. So uh, it, 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 it's unfortunate, but he's very talented and he's under a very team friendly contract. So we'll just have to remember that for next year. Good point. Right. Absolutely. Um, what about the uh, Texas Rangers? Uh, we talked about the uh, Joe Barlow previously. Um, he came up, but um, is there a path for him to get back to saves? Um, Brett Martin pretty much thinks, is this going to be Jonathan Hernandez, Jose Leclerc? Oh, so many options. I feel like it's going to be Leclerc time, but I don't know if that's just, uh, again, a previous bias of him helping me win a league creeping back into my brain. <laughs> yep. I uh, I actually uh, wrote down next to uh, Leclerc's name, I have a heart on my piece of paper here because <laughs> he'll always have mine. And, uh, and as much as he breaks it, if there's one little – you know, oh, he's not that bad. I'll, I'll call him back. Maybe uh, he, he's, you know, he, he's not treating us all too bad. Is it? He has a fifteen percent home run to fly ball rate. So hopefully, maybe. I mean, granted, don't let's let's be honest. Let's say he cuts it in half back to his norm. He still probably has about a a three and a, a three ERA. You know, three and a half, which isn't great. But there's, I don't know. There's something about the clerk that just seems right in the ninth so much more than everybody than Barlow. And maybe that's because Greg wrote so mean things about him and we read those and we were biased. It wasn't mean. It was just, I, I was just saying, be real. They were truthful. They were truthful. Yeah. Well, so here, let me pour a little cold water on uh, your good feelings, Nate, because this is the one thing that I kind of look at with closures. It's such a small sample size that like what I like to look at is just how, you know, if you're not just watching the games, which I, I don't watch a lot of Ranger games, but the one thing I look at is like, relievers getting ahead so i like to look at o2 rate and i like to compare that against 3-0 rate so this year leclerc granted small sample size but he's only been o2 in 12 and a half percent of his at best but he's been 3-0 in 8.3 percent of his at best when you compare that to a good pitcher the difference between their o2 and 3-0 percent should be good pitchers are about 20 percent um like good, good relievers are like between 20 and 25%. I think like, 
I think like Edwin Diaz, let me scroll all the way to the top because he'll be up there. Um, I think he's like at something ridiculous where he's at like he's breaking uh, everything uh, this year. Right, yeah. Yeah. O two his O two rate is forty seven point one percent. Wow. Three zero percent is three point eight. So like you know just managers, you don't want your closer you know getting behind hitters three zero and and struggling and. and you know, slogging through at bats. You want them to get up there, boom, 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 you know, just dominate through hitters. So, um, you know, that's my hesitation with with um, with Leclerc, whereas, okay. like, Barlow, like you said, Rob, he really wasn't even that bad. His 0-2 and 3-0 percents are good. They're above 20%. And, like, I think it's kind of like a um, grass is always greener type thing where it's like, Okay, yeah, he he blew a couple of saves, but like now you're looking back on it and you're seeing Brett Martin and like you're like, yeah, I kind of missed just Bo- Barlow like being a, a fine closer. He wasn't great, but he was fine. So I think when he comes back from the blister issue, I think he's gonna get a shot. But um, I'm curious to see what Craig thinks. It'll be between I think it's between Hernandez and Barlow. So. Hernandez gets a little jump here. Um, and actually, as we're recording this, it's two to zero uh, Texas over LA. And I'm, I'm watching it in the background. So um, they're going to the eighth inning. So we'll, we'll have a, a decent idea. Now, the last time out, they did use Martin in the eighth and Hernandez in the ninth, but that was during a loss. But we don't know if that was a sneak preview or what they're going to do. But right now they're in a matchup based mode. Um, we'll have to see, but the, the, the Rangers beat writer today, and I'll have it in tomorrow's closer charts, um, was already speculating on next year saying that Texas needs to add a closer. Hmm. That's not on the roster. So he thinks it's going to be a, um, area of need that, that they're either going to address at the trade deadline, which was intriguing or in the off season. Interesting. And I gotta I say them to, to Gideon uh, Kennedy the whole time. Oh, wow. That was my that was my my hope and my prayer is that that's where he was going to land and all my uh, you know thirty percent rostered uh, Ian Kennedy shares yeah. were going to be worth something instead. <laughs> there, uh, uh, well, we got a live update. So Matt Bush is taking over in the eighth. Oh, oh, interesting. So that Oof. means it might be Hernandez in the ninth because oh, I don't boy. think they're going to use Martin. So we, we could have a little sneak preview before. Uh, for Fab runs this weekend. Oh boy, it's going to be a so, frenzy. So, like I said, it, it could come down to Hernandez and Barlow over the last month and a half when they're both active and see who does better. Um, but I just think Hernandez is, has a lot better command than Leclerc. Leclerc has tantalizing stuff, but we just oh, don't yeah, know where it's going. Yeah, exactly. And that is not an endorsement of Leclerc. It was more tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, no, I no, I at a, there was a time. Lots of savvy people. I mean, I remember Todd Zola loved Jose Leclerc. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're talking about a guy that stinks. It's just right now he's feeling his way through it, and the, the, the command is just not there. I feel like a guy I saw in the fruit snapshot every day this year was Brock Burke. Right, Tom? Like, uh, that guy yeah. was just like every day. He was like, he had the chance to pitch, and he was going to come in. He, he it's like every, really every, three, yeah, every three days he's got like a sub-2 ERA and, you know, like, but but yeah, I think I think I think he's good in that role, and and they seem to they they seem to like to compile a bunch of these lefty multi inning guys inning guys like 
just as an organization the last couple of years, they, they, uh, you know, for whatever reason that they like to do that. So I don't think right. he's a factor in them. Right. Um, what about the Royals? Uh, Scott Barlow is going to be on the move possibly. What do you think they go, um, do if he leaves? Do you think it's going to be back to a committee approach or can anyone emerge as the guy if Barlow leaves? Well, if, if we're going to be honest here, I mean, I never thought that they were going to give him the a level of save share that he's gotten this year. So I whiffed on Scott Barlow. Agreed. He's, he's far exceeded what I thought. I, I didn't doubt his ability to pitch. I doubted the, I had no trust in Mike Matheny and just letting somebody, and now again, he's, he's benefited from some injury issues and other mm -hmm. things. They, they were tinkering with Stallmont and him at the beginning of the year. And then, when Stallmont got hurt, it kind of just gave Barlow the runway to run with it. I, I think Kansas City needs to recognize that they have to sell high right now. And if you're going to sell high on Barlow, this is it. If they wait till next year, it's going to be too late. Um, and we've seen other teams make this mistake. So I don't know if they're going to be smart enough to cash that in. Um, you know, people thought he might get packaged with Ben Attendee, but um, must be the Yankees didn't want him. Uh, uh, so we'll have to see. I think the Mets would be in on Scott Barlow and a few other teams that, that need the a guy Padres. that could possibly do like, yeah, the Padres would be in on them there. You know, there's teams that it makes sense. I mean, a Barlow Rogers tandem in the ninth, in the ninth inning would, would make sense. And, yeah. and Barlow's used to functioning in that sort of a thing. And so is Rogers during his time with Minnesota. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I think it's, Alec Lewis put it at 40% a month ago. I think it's up to 60, 50%. Ooh, 60. Yeah. 60 That's doesn't make sense. Most recently. Okay. So I think it's likely he's going to get traded because it, again, they have to recognize this. So Taylor Clark's been doing well. I mean, Dylan Coleman looked very good tonight, but he can look one night. You'll see him. And he's like, Oh my God, this is the close of the future. Then the next night you see him, he's giving up a three run home run. So he's, mm -hmm. he's still not consistent, but he has the talent. Um, we'll just have to see how it goes, but I, I would anticipate a committee uh, once he goes with Taylor Clark and Stallmont sharing them early, and then they would probably work in Coleman and maybe some of the guys from the minors as the year progresses. Yeah, I like the Taylor Clark uh, shot. Maybe his his pitch shape looked really good too. He just I don't know. He's got a good like VAA on his fastballs, and he just mm -hmm. he just presents a, a a good. Uh, a, a, a bad matchup for hitters. Like recently, I just watched him pitch too. Like the last couple of outings, he, you know, um, looks good out there. But mm -hmm. um, stop, Stallmont just. Uh, no, nah, I don't trust. I don't trust this. I don't trust it, and I totally agree with you with Barlow. I mean, it's like I mentioned earlier in the show. The reason why I didn't pay up for him as my second closer, I just didn't trust the full usage that he's been getting. You know, sixteen saves right now. It's it's more than. I, I thought like he, he was going to have at this point of the year, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that yeah. might've been a season total. I figured season total. there might yep. be 16 for him for the season. Stomont would, you know, have eight or nine yeah. and, and sprinkle on everybody else. And yeah. Washington nationals. I'm thinking they're going to do what they did last year. Like they traded Hudson in hand, trade Rainey and Finnegan and Hunter Harvey comes right back into the fold of our lives. What do you think? So if you go back from when he was healthy in April, so the beginning of the season, uh, it is hey, in his return since it's, it's over, you know, a full mile an hour game. He's he, it's never been a question of ability. It's always been the fact that the ability to stay healthy, 
has right. always been his big, biggest bugaboo. And so if he stays healthy, there that's a sneaky pathway to some saves if Washington, depending upon what they do with Soto and everything else, because, I mean, they might not win a ton of games without Soto, but right. uh, they're not winning a ton of games with them. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Hunter Harvey, look at us. Circle. Yeah, here we are with Hunter Harvey. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't know what the chances are. They trade both of the guys, but, you know, they did it last well, year. Again, so uh, Again, but, Rainey, Rainey's hurt. He's on a 60-day DL. They're not trading him, but they could trade Finnegan. Yeah. Was that, that's right. And, and they'll probably trade uh, Chishak, Chishak, which doesn't yeah. make a rickle, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they could trade Edwards Jr. too if they so choose. I mean, I think they're all on one-year sort of deals, but – yeah, they could gut it, which would open the pathway to them. It would probably be Harvey versus Arano if all that happened. Yeah, right. All craziness. Why won't the Red just let Alexis Diaz be the closer? Shouldn't... Because David Bell hates all of us. <laughs> uh, he, he, he's been pretty he's good this year. He's enemy right? number one of reliever recon. What's that? He is enemy number one. He's enemy number David one. David Bell is enemy number one of reliever recon. He's you just, guys have he's a little dart in the ass. <laughs> And he's just, but, you know, he, here's the thing though. He's, he's enemy he's number stubborn one, as hell. but he also is, he, he holds true to exactly what he says he's going to do. So he doesn't, at least we know what we get. Right. If you're going to be a bag of shit the entire time, at least I know what I'm getting. Don't do it. You know, two face David Bell has been exactly what we've said. No rhyme or reason exactly in the night. He could care less. And so at least well, he's consistent. And he did tell the truth about, oh, well, well I'm going to use Strickland. He has used Strickland. It's been the, it's been the wrong decision, but he's, he's still, you know, before today's blow up, Strickland was doing decent, but it's just the thing when, when you, when you look at the, like the ERA minus FIP, you have to, that, that stuff usually mm-hmm. comes, mm-hmm. It, 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 it sows. So, you know, today was the beginning of the thing. So again, if, if they were going to deal, and Strickland's on a one-year deal, if they were going to trade him, the, the window's closing rapidly. I, I think a team would take him maybe for the sixth inning because he's not expensive, but, you know, it, Diaz is the best reliever they have. I, you know, he still has a high walk rate, but the Reds' bullpen is so bad, he stands out. Right. Um, and, and the other thing there is if you're if you're following the Dom path of success, uh, Ryver Samartin's been, been vulturing wins all over the place. So deeper leagues, if you're if you're desperate for wins, that might be a, a, a someone you look at for the last couple of months to get a couple of cheapies. Right. Um, what about the twins? What do you guys feel about the twins? You you think they're going to add a a guy well, to the bullpen? You know, for the run to the playoffs and 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 make it even more murkier than it is. Pagans had them in pitching that terrible recently. Did he slip back into a role? What do we got here? Actually, I might have I might have misspoken. Maybe Rocco Baldelli is enemy number one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> it's close. He's, he's close. It's I, I I don't know. I you know I I, I really loved Yoan Duran, um, but I just hate how they use him, and I think he's a little tired too. But um, yeah, I, I whatever the Twins do, I'm probably not interested unless it just over, overwhelms me and they come out and say this is our guy. I'll let somebody else figure it out. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they definitely need to add a piece. Oh, they have to. But, yeah, I don't know where it's going to be, and, and I don't know what they could do. I mean, they have a lot of relievers in their bullpen that I like. Like, I like Griffin Jacks. I like um, 
Trevor Miguel. I like um, Giovanni Moran, but like mm-hmm. I, I think they're just like no individual is better than the sum of them all together. So like I think yeah. they have a good bullpen, and I think like a deep bullpen, and they'll just leverage that. And unless they get somebody that like I don't know, like Greg Soto or some, but I don't see them getting getting him, and so. I think they'll just keep just leveraging the depth of their bullpen and, and working it that way. And I do remember the quote from Taylor Rogers saying that the team depresses arbitration by sharing saves. I just, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't yep. want to spend up for somebody to be the closer. Right. Yeah. No, I can see them making a move to get, to bring in someone like as crazy as it may seem like Joe Mantiply, who they, cause they just to get another lefty in the bullpen potentially to go with Moran, but Nothing that's going to be in the ninth, I don't think, exclusively. Duran in the last 30 days just hasn't been, like, really lights out. K-minus BB, 8%. Um, I don't know. He's, something looks a little off in the in, in, in the underlying numbers. I, I don't know. He's just uh, hard hit. He's really up there. I Obviously, it's a small snapshot of, of time, but, um, you know, you know, just looks uh, not as – unhittable as maybe we th- we thought he was you know mm-hmm. each strikeout in 11 wanna, innings you want to know what's funny is i was about to say i'm like you know a guy that would make sense for them would be matt moore and guess who's walking in for the save chance oh god matt, matt moore? moore so um, no hernandez no leclerc i mean god damn it really maybe just showcasing making... maybe showcasing is... him for showcasing. Uh, that needs a lefty I was to say, is it uh, maybe it's just against well, lefty, lefty hitters? Well, Otani's batting. Otani will be batting third in the, the inning. So, okay, this is probably strictly to make sure they mitigate Otani. But, but yeah, yeah. I, they did say they're going to be matchup based. So you know, we'll, we'll just have to take it with a grain of salt and see how it goes. But yes, oh, Matt Moore will be getting the first save up in the post Brett Martin era. The showcation more in Bush, more Bush, <laughs> and we've gone off the rails. At yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, the, the thing about Duran also is like I, I'm just looking at like his the, last the month swinging so. strikes have evaporated. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at his like back to back usage is like he's getting it seems like he's even getting like an extra day off in between his outings too so mm-hmm. i don't know if that's by design or if that's just because that's how the game script is going but you know if if he has these kind of you know pitches a day and then not available the next day you know that immediately cuts the opportunity for saves in half um oh yeah so so that's another thing to keep in mind too with duran is just like the usage is not going to be there of a guy like Hendricks and a guy like a soul closer. Good point. Good point. Um, one last question I asked you guys. Um, what's your thoughts on Trevor Rosenthal and the Giants? You think he's going to just enter into Gabe Kapler world or you think he'll have enough of, uh, you know, of tenure and um, to walk around as, as the, the number one closer, if he makes it healthy into the Giants roster. Well, I think his rehab matters a lot. Um, but when you're reading the quote, I mean, Kapler is usually not that effusive in praise. And when he said, you know, we're we're adding a a closer, I was mm. like, 
You know, I, I publish those quotes in the, in the closer charts for a reason. I mean, I don't know. Um, it, it sure sounds like they're signing and his, the contract kickers, all of his, the, the escalators in his contract are all for games finished. So it, it seems like he went to San Francisco cause it, you know, with having those bonuses in his thing, if he's finishing games, he's getting more money. So you're going to go to a team that's going to give you the best chance to build your, you know, your equity for next year by giving you a chance to close. I mean, that's, that's just the way I see it. It doesn't mean that San Francisco is going to put him right into the ninth inning, but I would say if his rehab goes well and he has a couple of uh, good outings when he first comes up, he'll probably be getting save chances sooner rather than later based on, based on the things that I've read and based on that contract. I like it. I think he's going to be uh some guys might be saving the I, hammer. For I added him. him for a whole dollar in the TGFBI. Oh, hold Oh, he was drafted in, yeah. in TGFBI. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I, gonna... I, I looked, but yeah. So I added him over the weekend for a buck. Well, so wow. here's the thing, Greg, I, I get, if he has those stipulations in his contract and then they keep playing like they're playing and they're like, not, well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can. <laughs> then, 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 like, they're gonna be like, "Well, let's not have them close games because then we don't have to pay them like these escalators, right?" So that is I guess true. But I don't yeah. see the Giants giving up. I don't see Hope it not. either, but it's um, they're they're not playing well, but we the, all yeah, know how we can do so. It right. just it just depends. Right. I think I think they yeah that their schedules about middle of the pack for strength of schedule the rest of the way. Okay. Um, I just wanted to end this talking about some save plus holds um, uh, and just see like um, what, what your guys strategy is in leagues that, you know, use saves and holds. Um, I play in a head to head league. My, my, uh, my 20 year keeper league um, is, you know, we play head to head categories and it's, it's save plus hold. And I wanted to know, like, if, if you guys, you know, spend a lot of capital on like, you know, closers in those leagues, or do you just kind of try to find, you know, um, the cheaper capital of rolling with some hold guys, or do you find that might be like, uh, you know, kind of like a, a fool's goal type of trap, unless you really on your game with that. Um, how do you guys uh, approach leagues with a uh, safe plus hold? So I will say the the top holds guys that I anticipate, granted, there's pretty heavy turnover from year to year. I think we all know that. No one expected uh, Zach Jackson to be, you know, tops in the American League, second in all of baseball. But a person like Devin Williams, it, I would rather move him up into that upper tier than a second or third tier closer a little bit. Once I get usually one, and I don't play in a ton of saves and holds leagues, so um, I'm probably not the uh, authority on it, but I, I do find that I try to get one of each. If anything, I, I like my anchor closer that give me the saves, at least my, my baseline. And then one of the, the aforementioned linear pathways in, in the bullpens. And, and that's Devin Williams has been number one. Um, I think that once Kenley Jansen signed in Atlanta, it made sense for me that like AJ mentor would be another name uh, that I thought would be up there. And, and, and then it's kind of just grab bag throughout the season. You mentioned in the, in the notes and, and you put down exactly what I would say 
my strategy would be is you, you focus on those things, teams that have um, specific starting pitching woes in terms of how long the, they go. And is it a linear path or they're, they're winning games? Of course, you need to be winning to, to get a hold of, unless you're Oakland for some, you know, and again, the differential, I sometimes look at once it starts to level out, look at the run score differential. If it's a, you know, if it's minus 150, I usually don't anticipate a ton of holds there, but if it's pretty neutral, Usually that can uh, that leads to a pretty heavy opportunity at least. I like that. Yeah, I, I only do one saves and holds league, and I actually I was I was picking Nate's brain as we were drafting it because um, like my focus for that league was was exclusively skills. I think my first my first pick was Devin Williams, and then um, I also prioritized like Brad Boxberger. So it's just. Um, I think, like you said, you know, teams that are good that, and and if it's head to head, I mean, like schedules, like my head to head play in playoffs, I'm like, I like make an Excel chart of like every team and who they're playing, and I try to say like, oh, okay, the Dodgers in September have like a really good schedule. They're playing a bunch of crappy teams and in good parks and and things like that. So that's I don't know how how much you can factor it in, but you that in but it probably does pet you know play somewhat of a factor where you know you don't want um you know hold guy on the rangers and they have like an east coast trip where they're going to boston and yankees and and you know tampa or something like that so um that's like the only thing i would especially in a head-to-head league is just kind of lay out the weeks of of playoffs and and you know, try to avoid the landmines of who had a, a really tough schedule. Right. I think um, last year in my head, in my league, I made a trade. I was just mingling with like one closer. I think I had Iglesias. Um, no, I actually pick up, uh, I traded for class A early in the season. Um, and then um I was just like rotating out one or two guys just on matchups. And then I made a trade. I forgot what key. I traded a pretty decent keeper for actually a couple of them for Hater. And I just had three monster guys. But it, it went like against my normal uh, strategy of, uh, of just, you know, there's, there was, a, I think, a, a week in the playoffs like a couple of years ago where I just had the whole Tampa Bay um bullpen (laughs) and i just tried to get saves and hold that way they had a great week of matchups where i was like oh man i'm just gonna roster their whole team and uh they did well like you know i think they won five games that week and and every game you know they had a couple guys that pick up like you know holds and i was like but holds is such a you know man it's such a crazy category too right because sometimes i'm like this guy got a hold for that (laughs) like it should be like a clean guy guy puts two runners on and then the other guy comes in and gives up a three-run home run and the guy (laughs) who gets two runs charged to him gets the hold and the guy who gives up the home run gets the blown save i know i know it's just it's just like a weird it's definitely you know like a flawed category but it's still i feel like it should just be rerouted to where it's got to be a clean inning at least you know i can't or a clean outing you know it's not a full inning it's just got to be where you don't like you said you don't put guys scoreless yeah Yeah, should be scoreless yeah Um, Yeah, or the hold should be the hold should be what was the score when you came in and you know is the score the same when 
when you leave and like after all of your runners are are done like if you give up a run or you give up any runs to your record it shouldn't really be a hold right yeah well I'm, i'm sure i'm sure fantasy sites can't make it happen but like the the shutdown versus meltdown things would probably be a better way of really measuring what a reliever does because the shutdown is a reliever that helped the team when when probability added go up i mean that's right. that's what we're looking for um i do have to i have to correct one thing before we sign off uh, i misrepresented that thing uh matt bush retired shohei otani uh ending the eighth inning um, so Matt Moore came in to face Taylor Ward and those guys, the two, three, four hitters. So he, he was not hell for Otani. It was Bush in the eighth and he got, he faced now Otani just missed. He flew out to right, but he, he missed the ball by like that much or else it would have been a home run. Um, but so with the two zero lead, it was Bush in the eighth and Matt Moore in the ninth. So can you believe the bottom of this team? Magnus Sierra. Andrew Velasquez <laughs> and fucking David Fletcher. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's really like just Otani and Trout, and 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 this is what it is around them. Very the best. Good. Yeah, it's the the best tweet that I've seen. I think all year is the person who was talking about every. He goes every fucking night. It's Mike Trout hit went three for five with three stolen bases. Well, I mean, stolen bases anymore, but two home runs and four RBIs and Otani did something that hasn't been seen since uh, one eye Willie in 1825, both <laughs> on the mound and the angels lose six to four. And it's yeah. like, that's yeah, it's... the, I, I feel bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that's, they should definitely try to trade Otani. It, they're only going to have one path to, you know, to try to rebound and it's got to get a crazy package for him. He's not going to sign there anyway. So might as well trade him away. But, uh, all right, gentlemen, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, again, I appreciate everything you guys do. I think you got the best thing going right now in fantasy baseball community for sure. It's, uh, love, uh, I love what you guys do and, uh, always be probably your number one fan. So, um, guys want to close it out again, just, no, letting people know where to find you guys and, and uh, you know, on Twitter and 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 where to find um, the Voliva Recon. Right, well, uh, I'll say just, you know, just search Reliever Recon, but it's on Patreon. Uh, it's 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 only five dollars a month. So if you're thinking of joining or listening to this and, and you're looking to save money, don't join until August 1st because it, it bills you the first of the month for the month of service. So. Um, like if you joined on July 29th, it's going to bill you for July and then bill you again for August. But, you know, anyways, um, you should be on there supporting all the great work that the, my, that the guys all do. Um, it's, we, we canvas bullpens, I think like no other place. And, you know, I know you can get free articles elsewhere, but if it's free, that's, you know, that's what you're paying for. So, um, you know. The, the closer charts, I think, alone are worth the investment. I think Dom's uh, daily stream things are worth the $5 a month. I mean, all the separate, th- I think the podcast that Nate and Aaron do might be worth the $5. I mean, so anyways, anything that we do, I think, is worth the $5 a month. But when you put it all together, it's just a, it's just a cheap bundle, and, and, it, and it saves you a lot of time. Now, you know, I know we lose subscribers at the end of every month because people are short on money and I get it. It's tough times out there. So we appreciate everybody that supported us. Um, I appreciate all the kind words and and your support, Rob, in this venture. 
Um, and I appreciate all of the guys that came on board with me and trusted this. And I hope we keep growing it as it goes forward. And, uh, you know, we keep, we keep building on, but, um, on the Twitter machine, it's at G J E W E T T nine. Um, I do have a weekly column on the athletic as well. And, um, again, the day to day, I mean, I don't know anybody that puts out the content volume that Dom and I do I, every damn day. I mean, we yeah. took three days off in the all-star break, but I mean, it's every day there's some sort of an article that you can read or synopsis or um, even Aaron right now behind the scenes is doing player profiles for the trades and things of that nature. So hop on board, give us, it's only, it'll be $10 for the rest of the season and help get you ahead of your league mates and get you through the playoffs. Awesome. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, the biggest thing I know when I started doing my stuff was like September when people in head-to-head leagues and like points leagues are just their their push, you know, like obviously my stuff's not really very applicable for NFBC type of leagues, but, um, you know, probably a lot of people that listen to our, our podcast and stuff like that are in home leagues that don't have weekly lineup sets and have different, you know, the best thing about fantasy baseball is all the customization and different differences in leagues and um stuff like that so you know that september push is like crazy you know in terms of like you know last year i had like dm set up and stuff like that with people just looking for bulk relievers and and stuff like that so they get ahead of their league mates and they're like oh can you can you give me a sneak peek of what you're gonna put out tomorrow so that (laughs) that way my competition can't see it so um you know I'm, i'm looking forward to the push and helping people in the playoffs, um, like I said, you know, baseball is my passion. So, um, my, you know, my Twitter handle is bullpen guru. Um, I, you know, I'm really not the bullpen guru. It's probably Greg, but I'm more like a middle relief guru, but you know, if you have, if you ever want to just talk the game or, you know, talk trades, people, random guys are just DMing me and just like, Oh, Hey, like what, what are your thoughts on this? So, you know, like you said, Rob, I'm not exclusively um, knowledgeable about bullpens. I, I like to think that I have a good handle of everything and rosters and things like that. So I'm always open to talk baseball. Um, yeah, so Twitter. And then if you join Recon, best best $5 you're going to spend. And um, we have a Discord, and I'm, I'm pretty active there as well. So if you reach out with a question, I might not respond right away, but I tend to pop in there every couple hours and just see – you know, what's being talked about. So um, that's another avenue that you can reach out to me directly. Yeah. It's uh, can't say much more than what these guys have said. Um, anything that we can do to help someone get better. I mean, that's probably the best. I mean, you don't get me wrong. We all want to win our own respective leagues, but at the end of the day, any one of us, Rob, from your show, it's I, I, I can almost imagine if someone reaching out saying, Hey, I, I won a ton of leagues because I listen to your podcast every week. And because, you know, or Greg, I won because this, that despite money, I would love to win it. You know, the overall DC or like Phil and be, you know, half a quarter of a millionaire after a <laughs> baseball season. But at the same time, there is a special little place of recognition for helping others win. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a nice little thing that we can take home. Um, also starting tomorrow, I have a new RBI only uh, <laughs> Twitter handle. It's uh, RBI Nate. At, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> 
hitter. I'm going to do pinch, Rob Snitchelis. Pinch hitter. I'm going to be. I'm going to have a pinch hit. A pinch hit niche. Who's coming in the love pinch it. hit? I love it. I love it. That's so wonderful. you're you're so you're you're you already got your logo. You got Daniel Vogelbach, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. There it is. There it is. You might no, have to but, get two Twitter pages, but yeah. yeah, yeah, get them all. I mean, you know, have have ton of them. Just have fun. Is uh, might as well. Everyone else having fun with it these days. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with you, Nate. I think it's cool, like when people reach out and uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, I I when people are like I like how it's not straight. You know, like just straight stat talks and slash lines. And, you know, I think uh, some people were like, I never even knew half of these things that, you know, people mention about how, you know, how to process and how to evaluate players. And it's cool. It's cool to, you know, I think it's, uh, and I learned, I learned so much just talking to everybody all the time. It's just the, that's the best part of it. It's just my mind is growing you know, kind of like selfishly, you know, making a list to talk to people to, you know, to get better myself, you know, exactly. and uh, that's yeah. the that's the best part of it. And also, too, like how many people reached out to say that they joined an FBC, you know, just like, oh, listen to your podcast. And I was like, oh, you know, and they found the site and they joined and it's just good to grow the community there, too, you know, because uh, they're only going to get more players and more popular and it's more money in the pot for us to try to win you know that's the ultimate goal is uh it's fun sometimes too but when you could uh you know when you could chip in some money too it's uh it's also awesome so but uh i appreciate you guys and um good luck in the rest of the year in your leagues i hope you come in first and as many as you can because uh if you ain't first you'll ask right the goal that's the goal that's the goal all right man thank you so much and uh yeah cheers Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. All righty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Hope everyone got some good action world bites from this pod. Um, Again, follow the fellas on Twitter and support their work on Reliever Recon. Thanks for everyone for submitting reviews, comments. Um, Hit me up with messages with some real kind words and just for some general trade talk. Um, Yeah. Hope everyone is kicking ass in their leagues. And if not, is, you know, could always get good knowledge from your losses and your losing teams too. So just uh, keep paying attention, keep putting in the work, and uh, good things will happen for sure. So don't be a bag of shit. What else is there to do?